0: Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Aaron's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top
1: news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought to you exclusively on Kiss FM by Jay Michael. Fashion for everyone. Good morning, Sandy.
2: Hey, good morning, Blake and Aaron. How are you guys doing?
1: We are good. Some big news this morning. Let's get right to it.
2: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So former uh, Deputy uh, Premier and Minister of Government, Mr. Christopher Saunders, has... um, resigned from his position yes
1: okay yes and then that's a shocker right
2: yes yes cabinet has been reshuffled as a result of this situation
3: what's and the reason
2: he's still there he's just going as an independent now yeah he'll sit on the back bench yeah right
4: well why, so, why, um, you, why he, the change
2: he basically said um they had some minor or he just said differences um, we're, we're going to have to break down what that potentially
3: means. Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: No, no one has given a real reason, and a lot of people do indeed want to know what that is all about.
1: What's on the moral road?
2: Um, a lot.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
2: so, yeah. it's going to take a minute to have it make any sense.
1: Okay, so we can okay. catch, uh, catch that coming up in a little bit. Absolutely, on
2: Absolutely. we're going to do our best to break it down. MRCU has warned that a significant mosquito emergence – is expected from Sunday evening. I don't know how they can be so precise, but there you but go. they know
5: where they are, get
2: them.
1: Yeah, exactly. They, may know. Know the, they know the eggs are about to hatch.
2: I know. So they said high tides combined with unseasonal rainfall have resulted in widespread flooding across Grand Cayman. I mean, I haven't seen widespread spreading, but I guess for mosquitoes, and of course, there's surveillance has identified high number of mosquito larvae developing in these flooded areas. But like you said, why not just treat those areas? Anyway, um, they say that um, I guess they have been doing some residual um, larvaciding treatment before the rainfall. It's still expected that there will be a mosquito problem due to the extent of the flooding. Yeah. I know. Fantastic. They're they're horrible.
1: So hide. Hide your wives. Hide your kids. How's
2: it (laughs) going? So RCIPS has confirmed that um, there was a barrel. We talked about this yesterday, but further updates. There was a barrel with hazardous material discovered in Bodentown, and that triggered a swift and effective multi-agency response. Um, It contained a military-grade flare, which was ignited within the barrel. And it was labeled ph- phosphorus, so I guess they knew what they had to do. So thankfully, everything's fine. So it wasn't and a bomb. No, it was a... Um, the flare. Yeah, hazardous material, yeah. Okay. Um, and the first Youth Empowerment Symposium is set for the 30th to the 31st of March, so please contact Alyssa Chin. Um, the two-day event called an Economic and Social Empowerment will feature social media content creator, Lisa Chin and other well known Camannion panelists. So do check this out from the Youth Services Unit. Those are your news headlines this beautiful Wednesday morning.
1: All right. It's going to be a good one on Bobo 89.1 FM with Sandy Hill. And we'll see you tomorrow for the Thursday headlines. All right. See you later. Okay. All right. Again, it's time to style up.
0: Bigger, bigger, better, better, older, older. The cold, hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Community Radio. Radio. We are still spilling the tea and committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger,
6: bigger, better, better,
0: bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've
5: come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you. Let me introduce myself. I am the cold
0: hard true. Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman. Live! direct it's the cold hard truth now now join the conversation on 345-936-2626
5: that number again
0: is 345-936-2626
2: morning to the beautiful people of the Cayman Islands. Um how is everyone doing? Hope you guys are doing well. Happy Wednesday. By the way, big shout out to our uh, corporate sponsors Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We are very very thankful to Burger King bringing you some really really interesting selections. I must tell you every time I put up one of these um <laughs> one of one of the little uh, banners. I am. Uh, let's just let's just say that the the diet becomes really really tempting, but temptation is everywhere, folks, and you have got to learn to live with temptation. Yes, it can be done. Um, really and truly, it is all about um, you know just trying to uh, stick with a good program. If truth be known. However, I must say that they're giving you some really interesting clean options. There's the clean burger, which is like a veggie burger option. And people tell me that it actually tastes pretty good. I know over the years, as these things sort of emerge, um, they're getting uh, much, much better at um, tasting like the real thing. Because despite you guys trying to eat clean, you don't want the taste of eating clean. (laughs) Because eating clean is not always fun, right? So go check out this Clean Whopper, no artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. Um, And it actually tastes good. So there you have it. So good morning, good morning to everyone. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week thus far. Um, What can I say? It's uh, some very, very interesting times that we are having at the moment. And so we're here to bring it to you. Yesterday afternoon, Big, shocking news, and we're going to dive pretty deep into this um, almost right away this morning, because I have been putting on my investigative hat, working around the clock since yesterday to really get to the bottom of this. And so I've got to share um, some details of um, what I know uh, to really just bring you guys up to speed with everything that is transpiring so that you are well-informed. Hmm. So let's get some um, uh, matters dealt with this morning. Good morning to Ms. Vernita. You guys know we like to, we believe in our Caymanian manners. We like to say good morning to everyone. Good morning to Stephen joining us from the UK. First Lady Jayan is in the house. Felicia is also here. Good morning. Charlotte joining us from Scotland. Ms. Iva uh, informing us that everything went well yesterday. So Ms. Iva. Um, had surgery in the States yesterday. So Ms. Ive, I'm so pleased to hear that the procedure went well. I know how incredibly um, scary these things can be. And uh, you're a trooper. You are a real champ. You have been through a lot. Um, And so we continue to support you in any way that we possibly can. So good morning, most certainly to, to her. Um, And everybody else out there who's not feeling well, somebody messaged me this morning saying that they were listening to the the death announcements and they heard that somebody had died. That was a bit shocking to them. All right. um, So let's let's get right right into the the source this morning. So, of course, I have to preface uh, my comments by saying that, you know, we um, we meaning in this instance, me have a knack for trying to get to the bottom of a situation i call and i investigate and i dig i do sort of believe that in a former life i may have actually been a detective like for real i do have that uh, that bit of a trait for really really looking um for information and you know over the years i am most thankful in fact that i have um developed relationships with people and a rapport with individuals that has really allowed me to have people trust me. And I don't, I don't take that trust lightly ever. Right. I am very, very cognizant of the fact that we live in a small community. And so um, news, SUS, information, things can travel at the speed of light. It's not always accurate. And there are people who don't care whether it's accurate or not. The information is just going to be thrown out there. Kind of like the other night with this explosive device. You guys probably don't know this. But one of the first set of messages I was receiving is that someone had been killed. And then it was like, someone had been killed. Two people were killed by an explosive device. Like it was like all over the place. And I I just sat back because I have learned in time that um, you just have to sit back and listen and wait. Those are actually two very, very important traits to being a uh, detective, if you will. Yes. And so as equally important as digging for information is sometimes just sitting back and waiting. There are times when something is so critical, right? That I don't have the luxury of sitting back and waiting for the information to come to me. I have to take a more active role. Big shout out to Marissa. Miss Vicky's in the house. Irvlyn's also here. John Henry, so many of you already tuned in this morning. And this is what happened yesterday. So in case you missed the memo, I don't know who might have missed it, but we had a message that went out at about 11.46 in the morning from... Deputy Premier, now former Deputy Premier, Chris Saunders, he sent it out to WhatsApp. And, you know, when a message like that goes out on WhatsApp, folks, I don't know how big his group is, but let's say it has 100 people. Multiply that times 20, because every one of those people is going to forward that to multiple groups and multiple individuals. So it literally, literally created this firestorm. It was like, oh, the atomic bomb. Bonjour, Miss Soka's in the house. Um, so this is what happened. You know, this firestorm was created by this announcement that he had resigned. Now the people in the Cayman Islands are by no means stupid people. We are very, some of us are very astute. And yesterday an astute person who knows the Westminster system is well-versed with politics, well-versed with the civil service, made a very interesting comment. And I took it on board. You know, the things that people will say to you that will make you pause and go, hmm, that is interesting. So, for the benefit of our radio listeners who may not know that I actually went live yesterday morning after this happened, we had a two hour afternoon session on social media. Vicky's saying no radio. Hmm. Are you sure? Hold on, Vicki. Let me double check any child. I don't want our radio listeners to miss out on this now. Um, let me just pull it up on my phone real quick. Let me see. Check Nope, there I am talking about honey chow. I'm hearing it loud and clear. Um, So not sure Vicky, but try, try refreshing. So yes, thank you for the confirmation as well to our listeners. So yeah, listen. Um, some of what was said yesterday might become a bit repetitive this morning. If you missed it, then it won't be repetitive to you obviously, but there's a lot to unpack with what happened yesterday. And it is not something that came out of the blue and that just happened yesterday, okay? So what I'm going to try to do this morning is as best as I can, unpack it as fully for you so that you can know all of the different elements of what has gotten us to where we are. And then, um, you know, you guys can join in in the conversation at some point. Thank you, Chuck, for confirming we're good on radio. And so where do we begin? Well, where we begin, that's, that's almost like a rabbit hole of a question. How long is a piece of string? How long is the rabbit hole? Only God knows. Right? We this is pretty deep. A lot of it has to do with yesterday I talked about the ego and I feel like this morning I should be having a discussion of a psychological nature because some of this is um, morning to Miss Jackie. Some of this is, is psychological in a way it's egos as individuals. You know, we all come with, egos and personalities and we're all different but be very very careful when I think we even use that word because everybody has some sort of an ego I guess if we were speaking to Freud he would break it down for us but it becomes a question of whether you lead your life with your ego and so there is a difference you know I noted with interest someone um And, you know, in the comment section, listen, we're all going to have differences of opinion. There's going to be opinion shared today, and there's going to be factual information shared today. And there's going to be some information that I'm going to just drop it as a nugget and say, you think about it, right? I know that it's factual. You may not know that it's factual. I'm not going to prove to you that it's factual, but you just take what you will from it and build we're building a little house here to understand how the deputy governor, Dep- deputy premier, my apologies, make sure I get that right. How this whole situation came crumbling down yesterday. All right. It, it, I feel like we almost need to start with the question of who is Chris Saunders? Yes. An intelligent man. A man with a lot of talent. He's smart, book smart, can get the job done. Certainly not perfect. None of us are perfect. And yet the ego has gotten a bit unhealthy. This is an opinion now. This is my opinion. And I base my opinion on the fact that in the past two years, I have been in conversations with people who work with him, both inside and outside of the civil service. People who are political allies, people who are political enemies. You know, I get the I get the run of the I get the whole gamut, and um, it has really led me to the conclusion that, you know, this concept of power kind of going to some people's heads? Not everyone is designed to be in a position of power. Can we accept that as a universal truth, right? Some of us just don't do well with it. Like it goes to our head. We think we can say anything, we can do anything, and it doesn't matter. But with power comes responsibility, and I mean real responsibility, right? Even responsibility to the things you say, especially the things you say, because your words are powerful when you are a person in a certain position and when you have power. And so sometimes you're better off not saying something, especially when you're upset and perhaps you're in your feelings. Because words are a funny thing. You can say something and you have no way of ever taking it back. People will always remember, oh, this was said, Sandy said this. And you're like, hmm. Even in a heated moment. And in fact, I feel like sometimes in a heated moment, it's like, you know, what is that quote about what the drunk mind reveals, the sober mind conceals? It's that kind of narrative, right? When you're upset about something, sometimes you'll just drop a bomb and what you say is really like, whoa. Is that how Sandy really feels? Is that how Chris Saunders really feels? Is that how this person feels? (sighs) So I'm gonna talk about some of what I know and some of what has transpired because uh, where's Marquette this morning? Is Marquette here? I know she was keen to know yesterday. She wants to know the reason why. A drunken tongue reveals what a sober mind conceals. Thank you, good man, for the proper quote. And I feel like that's true even with anger. Like sometimes we get drunken with anger, you know? And you say something, and unfortunately, once it's out, you cannot take it back. Good morning, Miss Ronika C. Banks is in the house. Um, and I feel that some of that is this. And I know that when Chris gets in his feelings and when he gets upset about something, that he will just say things that even for me, I'm like. You can't really be serious. He'll drop a few F-bombs. And it's not about the dropping of those bombs. It's what they're in relation to. He'll say, well, I don't care what anybody thinks. You know, F them. And I'm like, ooh, no, honey child. You can't be having that kind of an attitude. Especially when you're a leader in this country. Now, y'all know I sit here and I tell y'all all the time that there are things that I will take a very, very strong position on. And to me, I don't take on board what other people think in relation to that. And I have a job to do on this platform. And so I can't be concerned with, oh, this person likes you, or someone doesn't like you, or, you know, I don't get in my feelings about situations because I gotta just get to the cold hard truth. And that that's my overriding remit, if you will. So listen, do I like Chris Saunders? Do I like Premier Panton? Do I like other members of the PAC government? Yes and no. Mm -hmm. A lot of them I've known before the days of politics. In fact, the vast majority of them. Yeah. They have interesting parts to their personality. Yes, you can sit down at the breakfast table and have a good liming moment with them. Good laughs and whatever, but everybody is a 360 individual. So I don't, that's why I don't swear for nobody. You know, I'm not going to the bank claiming that I know nothing about nobody and I sign in a no dotted line. I'm like, no, 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 no. People are very complex creatures, even me, myself. I'm a complex individual, right? There are lots of parts of who Sandy Hill is. Some I share, some I don't share. I'll be the first person to tell you that I'm a little bit crazy and I don't have no problems with a little bit crazy, right? Most people don't ever get to see that side of me, thankfully. But I know even within myself that I've got certain triggers and certain things that if I don't keep it in check and if I don't rein it in, you know, anybody has the potential to be egotistical. Anybody has the potential to um, have their personality get a bit out of sorts. But you have to remember from whence you came. And what is it that you're doing? When you've been hired, and it is a job serving the people, when you've been hired to do a job, it isn't about you. It's about the people that you serve. Straight up, no qualms about that. That's not a debatable point. But I also know that it is very, very challenging for people to put aside self-importance and ego and really consider, am I doing something that is in the best interest of the people of the Cayman Islands? That's challenging and that's difficult. The bigger you get, what's the saying? The harder you fall. But also the less connected to people you get as well. You're here to represent and to serve the people, but you're climbing up this ladder, right? Deputy Premier, Premier. It's easy to only surround yourself with your supporters and a select few individuals. Now I know Chris has trust issues, (laughs) believe me. It's the reason why nobody really works on Chris's campaign but his family members. This is not a question, this is a fact. Chris has sisters, all very nice people. His mother works in his MP office. He has never hired anybody outside of his family to help him with his campaign, to go door to door, handing out flyers, working in the constituency office and all of these things. And I think that speaks to two things. Number one, he has trust issues that are pretty broad. And number two, um. You know, from a, I guess, practical perspective, why not hire your mom and keep her employed in a job and, you know, she's retirement age and now um, you don't have to worry about who's going to support her. There's a practical reason for it. Whether or not she's the best person for that job is a totally different question. But he, he rides with um, family and that's pretty much it. But when you're an elected official, folks, you have a responsibility, you have lots of responsibilities. One of them is to speak the truth. And I have discovered that not everyone is honest. No, No one is honest all the time. Some people are dishonest by omission. So they won't say something. They hear a narrative and they're not going to correct it. And there might be different reasons why they do that. Some people are blatantly dishonest. So in other words, they will look you in the eye and they're going to lie to you. How have I found Chris Saunders in terms of this? If I'm going to be honest with you people here today and the the premise of this entire conversation this morning as I will speak the truth and shame the devil or whoever else feels like they might be shamed. There will be no sugarcoating the truth this morning. Are we going to be changing relationships? Well, yeah. After today, there might be some people that are going to be like, oh, I don't like Sandy anymore. I can't handle this truth. So be it. Chris Saunders can lie. He has lied. And I know this for a fact. This is not debatable. It's sad for me because I often tell people, uh, both in my, you know, sort of professional relationships as well as personal relationships, I'm the kind of person that you should never lie to. No matter how hard the truth is, just come and be honest with me. Cause I will respect you for your honesty and I will really disrespect you for the lies. And you know, I'm not going to, a lot of times I don't take you up on the lies. Like I'm not going to be like, you're a liar. I'm not Khloe Kardashian. You're a liar, Tristan. No, I'm going to just sit back and let it play out. And time reveals a lot about people. You lied to me once, Mm, shame on you. You lied to me twice, Uh, shame on you. And then I start to understand that maybe this is actually a part of who you are. Maybe you're not capable of always telling the truth because you're leading with this ego and you always have to be right. And even when you know in your core that you are wrong, Instead of you saying, okay, I made a mistake, I'm wrong, but I'm going to try to fix this because there has to be some accountability, you just keep building upon a lie. And so what does that mean? Well, what that means is if you've lied to me in the past, when something comes up that I'm now listening to you again, the first thing I question is, is this the truth? what are we to believe yesterday folks chris saunders sent out this message Mm -hmm. this is his resignation it was done in an interesting way i must admit and for the benefit again of our radio listeners who may not have heard it let me just read this to you quickly it says happy tuesday Morning, now this is the screenshot here is one that was forwarded to me, but I got the original message at 11.46 in the morning. So of course, like I said, it went out like wildfire. Earlier today, I had a brief meeting with Premier Pampton. It is clear from that meeting that the Premier and I have differences that are material to us working together. And we're gonna talk about what some of those differences are this morning. And as such, I've resigned as a minister of cabinet and a member of PACT effective immediately. Okay, let me pause there. I'm going to come back. Um, Well, hold on. Let me read the second paragraph. While I'm sure that many of you would love to know what those differences are, in the best interest of our beloved Cayman Islands, it is best that those differences remain between the Premier and me. The political stability and the international reputation of the Cayman Islands are more important than those differences. All right, let me pause right there because I do not for one second believe any of that, okay? Chris Saunders did not resign. That's the first thing y'all need to understand. He was relieved of his duties. The common person on the street would call it, you got fired. Donald Trump, you're fired moment. Maybe it wasn't quite as interesting as that. Was this a brief conversation? Well, I don't know how brief it was, but what I do know is the differences and what has led up to this has been long time coming. This nano no just happened yesterday morning situation. This is not a situation where um, Chris Saunders walked into the premier's office and he gave him a bad look or turn up his lip at him. And he said, boy, I am sick and tired of you. you and I can't take you no more. Or um, we have an issue on, on on the LGBTQ community or whatever it is and so this is what it is and we're gonna break up. That's not what this is. This is a complex issue that really has a lot to do with personalities. And so I do have to dig in to personalities this morning. Yes? What do I mean, by personalities? Yesterday I talked about um, Chris's upbringing, right? His connections to Jamaica, having, I think, two Jamaican parents. Correct me from wrong, but he he has a Um, relationship with Jamaica. And I want to make this very clear because, you know, there's always going to be that one person, oh, Sandy, don't like Jamaicans. Listen, this has nothing to do with that. I'm trying my best to explain to you all um, how we think, how we think, and how we get where we are, right? Jamaican politics is different than Cayman politics. And I think a lot of Caymanians... Chris ran one time, he didn't get in. Second time he got in. Now he's in his third term. Um, well, second term, but, you know, three times running, right? Twice successfully, first time he didn't get in. One of the things I heard a lot, even in this last election, about Chris is his Jamaicanism. Is that a thing? Is that a word? But you guys know what I mean. And so people are like, oh, he's too Jamaican for me. What does that mean? Well, Caymanions being who we are, We all have somewhere down the line, most of us have a Jamaican connection, whether it's like me, a Jamaican grandfather. Um, A lot of Caymanians have one parent at least that's a Jamaican, maybe two parents like Chris. And so you grow up, and this is human nature, relating to the Jamaican culture more, the Jamaican people more, although, you know, literally you're a Caymanian. You went to school there, you spent time in Jamaica, you line with Jamaicans, it is what it is. Jamaican politics is very, very different than Cayman politics. And Caymanians do not want the two to mix. So Caymanians will tell you, when it comes to Jamaican politics, they're not interested in that. They don't want Cayman politics to be Jamaican politics. And to be very clear, we have a lot of Caymanians, like I said, the integration has been, you know, very, very historically deep. Um, take, take, for example, the the likes of Dr. Marzuka. He was big up in UDP. You know, these guys were political back in the heyday in Jamaica, 50s and 60s and whatever. These guys were political players. They were big on the scene. They understand Jamaican politics. They understand the different parties. And they were in with Siaga and this one and that one. And, you know, I'm no expert in Jamaican politics. But I'm telling you, a lot of those individuals migrated to Cayman when the... Proverbial s was hitting the fan in Jamaica. Economically, they took out their money and they ran to Cayman, the closest, the closest place. And so, you know, we've had some influences. I'll give you a perfect example. Years ago, the UDP, um this was kind of their the last of their heyday, the last election where they ran a lot of people. They brought in some consultants. They're not bringing in people like the PPM brings in Eastern Caribbean people, right? That's not who, um, you know, UDP brought in. They brought in their consultants from Jamaica and it's because a lot of the people in the hierarchy of that party were, uh, you know, they had this historical Jamaican connection. So McKeever himself has a significant tie to Jamaican politics and Jamaican influences. Now, he's a Caymanian at his core and Wes Bayer is going to ride with him and probably not acknowledge and not see the Jamaican connections. But in his advisory council, lots of Jamaican influences. And so when they were looking for you know political um, advisors and people doing the surveys and whatever, they went to a Jamaican political firm to bring here to Cayman during the election. I know this because I sat down with these people. They interviewed me, well, Sandy, what do you think about the election and and what are the chances of the UDP? And I tell you what, with almost 100% accuracy, I called all the people that were not getting in that were part of the UDP government. And when they had their debriefing, they were shocked. They were like, oh, my God, you, you were accurate. And I said, yes, because the UDP has lost the plot. They have lost their connection with the people. They're running people that no one would ever vote in to politics and they don't understand that, and they don't know that. They thought that they were gonna win. The only one I got wrong was Jonathan Piercy, and he didn't lose by much, but I had him pinned that he was actually gonna get in. Let me not digress, but my point is, Caymanians have no interest in Jamaican politics. We don't go there meddling in their affairs, and we don't want them meddling in our affairs. So even when our current government, J.E. Banks, goes over there and he's like, oh, you know, we can work with them with agriculture, Um, the the, um, tourism minister. Oh, we can do this Caribbean connections thing and work with them. Did you see how Caymanians reacted? Caymanians were like, what? Why are we pushing destinations like Jamaica when we should be focused on our own? Caymanians are very funny people. And I don't always understand why we're funny people, but I can tell you that we are funny people and I can just tell you what it is. So a lot of Caymanians are like, I'm not voting for Chris, he's a Jamaican. And me myself, as someone who voted for Chris, was like, no man, the man's a Caymanian, give him a chance. Kathy says both of his parents are Jamaicans. But you know, I'm like, he's one of us. Everybody know Chris, he went to school. You know, I didn't grow up in Cayman. So when I say, well, he's a Caymanian to me, some of them old timers be like, mm, Sandy, you don't know what you're talking about. And I said, okay, I will have to concede <laughs> that maybe I don't. Despite that, a lot of people gave him a chance. People gave him an opportunity. But I think we would be stupid, really, if we did not acknowledge That his behaviors politically, even getting up on a platform, I can't remember if it was a show, and he is doing things that are reminiscent of Jamaican politics that really doesn't happen in the Cayman Islands. That's legit. That's real. That's true. That's not perception. Um, He seems to have an affinity for the prime minister of Jamaica. He's traveled there on multiple occasions. I don't know the nature of their relationship, but it seems to be somewhat have a personal relationship, um, as well as a political relationship. You know, they, um, have meetings with them. Um, he is bringing other members of the government, including the minister of tourism into the fold, introducing him to people in Jamaica, political people, political connections. And so that makes people uncomfortable. The other thing that is, um, a potential difference, right? Between the premier and um well, it's a perceived difference. I'm gonna tell you why I say perceived between the premier and the former deputy premier is that premier panton, country boy from Savannah. Y'all call that call that the country. You know, I chuckle when people say there's anywhere in Cayman that's the country, but I know y'all consider Savannah, Newlands, the country back in the day. They grew up with cowboy hats and and boots and horses and all this kind of stuff, country country bumpkins, yeah. But there's a narrative that is being pushed in this country from a political perspective that in my opinion is a very um, dangerous narrative. And I have to be cautious how I talk about this and how I say this because it is one of color, colorism, color, and racism and with that tied in prestige and power and money. Now, listen, I'm very, very cognizant of the fact that racism is alive and well all over the world. There's no place in the world that doesn't have racism. And there's no place in the world that people can say, if you are white and privileged, and the other person over here is black and no privilege, that you're not likely to go further in life than that person. It's the reality that we all live with. And the chances of a Black person with no connections and no privilege and no money getting so far in life or getting certain opportunities are probably slim to none. But some people live a lot of their existence hung up on those issues. I have a very personal Um, situation here that's very different in my opinion. I don't focus on race, but I don't ignore race because sometimes race plays a part. For example, we've talked about racism on this platform before. When I talk about Cayman Prep and the issues that they're having, I want to be very, very specific. This is an issue with Cayman Prep. It might be indicative of some larger community issues, but I don't go out there lambasting Catholic, CIS, Montessori by the sea, Montessori not by the sea, Montessori crew road, to say that, oh, all private schools are prejudiced. No. Because I want to talk from a factual perspective about what I know. Caymanians, some Caymanians are prejudiced, some are not. By and large, Caymanians have had a very sort of interesting cohesiveness when it comes to race and colorism. We all get along up to a point. I always say for me, the litmus test is, will you let that person marry your child without looking at race? And you know, some Caymanians, not that, nope. Listen, they will ride for you, right? They will give you the shirt on their back. They will give you business opportunities. They will do anything. But if you say, oh, my Black child is interested in your Cayman white child, then that might not work out so well. They're going to get upset. But by and large, Caymanians are very, like, one of the things that people like about us is that we've always been a very, um, a melting pot, you know? We all pretty much get along. There's no race, races here and no race wars and all this kind of stuff. Some politicians have been attempting to change that narrative. And in my opinion, it is a very garrison-style situation. And it is very, very dangerous. I think Chris has played into this on more than one occasion. Let me give you some examples of why I say what I say. The situation with the COVID test kits and um Randy Marin Yes That went left field because of Chris Saunders He got upset with me at the time I was asking questions to report on it Chris lied to my face when I asked him some questions Not only did he lie to my face but he also tried to use some psychological tactics that never worked upon me, okay? There is a misconception among some members of the PAC government, and maybe even the wider community, and I wanna address this as briefly as I can, but I do want to address it, that I am over here writing for Wayne Panton more than anybody else. Hmm. Let me be very, very clear. My relationship with Wayne, I'm trying to put it in a proper context of how far back it goes. It goes a, a ways back. I don't honestly, you know, a lot of people, I can never remember how we met and where we met. Not Wayne is one of those people. I could even tell you, um, I'm assuming... Maybe from him being at Walkers, because when I first came back to Cayman, I briefly worked at Walkers for maybe about six months before I got a scholarship for law school for Maples, and I went and worked for Maples. So maybe that's where I first met Wayne. I'm assuming I would have met him. I don't even know. But over many, many years, Wayne and I had a relationship where I could pick up the phone. I could call him. We would have interesting conversations. This was way before the days of politics, right? This was before the formation of the PPM, be very very clear are we bosom buddies i think definitely not i can only say that i've been to wayne's house uh probably on two occasions me and you not friends if i not been to your house first of all and if you've never been to my house we might be good acquaintances right we might be you know Partners in this community trying to have a common goal. I told you guys that when we challenged back in, I can't remember the year now, but it was me, Denny Warren Jr. and somebody else challenged John John and Mark Scotland, right? About them not declaring their, um, correct me Denny if I'm wrong, but I think I've got this right. With them not declaring their, um their interests on time, and they, they actually breached the Constitution. Now, of course, the judge found a way to, around that. I believe that the person who foot the bill for that, because this was a challenge through the progressives, was Wayne Panton. And he was not a progressives member at the time, but, you know, I guess somebody went to him and said, listen, these people need to challenge this. We believe that this is a constitutional breach. We do not want to put them at risk personally. Would you be willing to put up the money and get the legal expertise and so on and so forth. He did the same thing with the 2003 status grants. Wayne Panton was the money and part of the legal mind behind how that was challenged. This is important information for y'all to understand and for you to know because it all comes full circle here by the time we're done with this program. When Wayne Panton got into politics with the progressives, I had already stepped away from the progressives. And I did not have very much contact with him during that time. But there were a couple things that I, a couple observations that I made. And in my opinion, I thought that his ego got the best of him and it was an unhealthy situation. And I don't know what it is about being surrounded with Alden and hanging out with Alden all the time and being a progressive member that brought out this, you know. And there was a couple examples that I pointed out. And in fact, I remember sitting down one day, it might have been a Saturday, and I penned an email to Wayne Panton, all the ministers at the time, um, Moses Kirkerno, uh, um, um, Sir Alden McLaughlin, I wanna say Mr. Roy McTaggart as well. Um, probably even, I don't know who else was a minister, but I penned this email to all of, somebody says that it's the Machiavellian personality. Yes. I penned an email to all of them and it was really addressed to Wayne. And then I copied all of them in and I did not hold back my feelings at that moment about what I thought of Wayne Panton. I was scathing. Yes. I think that people make this assumption um, that Wayne and I have since then had discussions. And I said, listen, if you're about the people's business, I try to put aside a lot, my feelings and all sorts of other stuff. And I will give you an opportunity to come on this platform and you talk to the people. Wayne has done that, right? The invitation was there and he took it up. Some of these other guys have also had the invitation over and over and over again, and they have refused to do that. And because they say, they now see, oh, Wayne is making, you know, like people like, oh yeah, you know what he said the other day, he's reaching the people, blah, blah, blah. They put that on me oh, I'm Wayne's friend, I'm his campaign manager, I'm his bosom buddy, I'm this, I'm that. And I'm like, hold on a second here. The man is taking advantage of an opportunity to talk to the people. You have the same opportunity. And for whatever reason, you're not taking advantage of it and that's my fault? That's, now you're trying to create this convenient narrative that all of a sudden the issue is Wayne and I and not you? they have even gone as far as accusing Wien Panton of giving me information. <laughs> Here it is now. That has made them look less than stellar. We're going to get to some of that information about the sexual harassment and the complaints that have been received about these same individuals, a.k.a. Chris Saunders. Wien Panton would not tell me those things. Y'all have got to be crazy. Let me tell you the nature of my relationship with Wayne Panton when it comes to information. Since I call a spade a spade, y'all can get the cold hard truth. I will call Wayne Panton and I will ask him a question very, very directly. Wayne, this is what I'm hearing. Is it true or not? He will say, "Uh, I cannot discuss that or I will not discuss it. Sometimes what he does, and now I've learned to read between the lines, because the first time he did it to me, I have, I was a little bit confused. (laughs) You know, I was like, what what does that mean? He said to me something like, "Um, how long are you going to be up? And I was like, what? (laughs) Uh, You're asking me that question because you're going to pay me a visit? What the hell does that mean? And I said, well, I probably another hour. He's like, okay, stand by. That's because he was having his team, the civil servants put together their press statement. This was that specific situation was a COVID situation. And I knew way more. I said, listen, I know that you got a COVID positive person in the hospital. Cause it just so happens that that person's my, um, <laughs> my half sister. And I was in the hospital at the time that it happened. I was actually in the emergency room with my daughter. So I knew a lot about it. And I'm like, Wayne, before I put this out there, I'm calling the government. And he's like, how long are you gonna be up for? And I said, well, probably another hour. It's been a long day. And within that time, I got the press release from GIS saying, yes, we have a COVID person positive in the, in the airport. This is community trans- hospital, my apologies. It's community transmission, it's believed to be, blah, 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 blah. He never told me any of that information. Wayne Panton made me go through the proper channels. He made me wait. The only question he had was, how long are you going to be up? So now I know if I ever call him, he says that question, that means get the coffee, get the tea, and try to stay up because the statement is coming. But you see, it's to their benefit to push this narrative. Even after the election, it's part of the the progressives and the PPM narrative as well. Mario Rankin has pushed it. Oh yeah, um, you know they got her on the payroll. This, that, and the next thing. It, it was getting so ridiculous and so bad that at one point I was like, "Can somebody um, please put me on the payroll? If you're all gonna be accusing me of being on the payroll, there's actually a lot if you put me on the payroll of value that you'd be getting, and the value." People, be very, very clear. The value is not in um, loyalty. The value is in, you can buy airtime, you can buy ads. You know what I'm saying? You can't buy me. You can't buy my loyalty. And it's dangerous to think
3: that you can. So
2: this narrative has been created. When I address them as an entire group and I talk about specific behavior, they get upset. Oh, that's Ween telling her stuff about us to make us look bad. Tell me something. How can I talk about any member of the PAC government? Collective responsibility. If I talk about Chris Saunders, if I talk about um, Kenneth Bryan, if I talk about Jay, talking about the speaker and his behavior, how does that not reflect on the leadership of the party? This is where you pick sense from nonsense. Right? If the PAC government fails, the failure will be at the foot of Wien, what his full name is? Gurney Wien Panton. You can't say the PAC government has failed, but we in Panton has been successful. That doesn't make any sense. But it demonstrates the low-level thinking of these other PAC members that actually believe. And it's not just them. Like I said, the progressives have been on it. Everybody's got an agenda. you know, they're all upset because right now we have almost 700 people on the live stream on social media and countless more listening on radio. Compass gets upset. They're running to Ween. Oh, you be giving Sandy the scoop. You be giving her stories. Ween is like, what? That's why they won't call him. Um, Ween, tell Sandy to do this. Control Sandy. Ween Panton don't control me. Just like when you guys call me and telling him, tell me I must tell him something. I'm like, memo, I don't support Ween. I don't control Ween Panton. I don't even live in Ween Panton's constituency, so I can't even use, oh, I'm not going to vote for you. That's not the relationship. From the onset of this reboot of my relationship with Wayne Panton, during the last election, we had a coming to Jesus, very heartfelt conversation. And he wanted to know, he asked me, what happened to us? Where did we go wrong? Why have you been upset with me all these years? And I told him and he said, okay, Uh, you know, I didn't think that I was being egotistical, arrogant, this, that, and the next thing. But if people were seeing it that way, if you saw it that way, then you know how do we move forward? And I said, well, luckily for you, I'm a person who believes in moving forward. You're coming back now for another round of politics? I can give you advice. You never have to take my advice. But let's just reboot it. Let's leave the past in the past, lessons learned, And let's move on. And I said, one thing, though, is be very, very clear. Don't ever lie to me. And we have an agreement and an understanding. Unlike the previous government who was shutting people out, not giving you any information, locking you out of official, he said, listen, you will be treated fairly as the media that you are. I got my media license. I've done everything that's required. You will be treated fairly. You will have an opportunity. But I'm not, you've requested that I not lie to you. I will never lie to you. But that doesn't mean that the man is going to tell me something just because I ask. He will say no. And I say all of that to get to this point. What transpired yesterday, I know was not a resignation. Wayne Panton had to do the most difficult thing of his political career so far. And that was fire his deputy premier, Chris Saunders. Now, I knew that before I could even pick up the phone and call Wayne. I gave Wayne a little breather after his, and I'm going to be very honest here, that so-called address to the nation was, uh, 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 why? Why, 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 why? I don't know what civil servants gave him that advice, because I suspect that's who it was, to have this address to the nation where nobody could ask any questions. But to me, I guess on the one hand, the one good thing that came out of it is we saw the entire, the rest of the PAC government showing unity. Although a lot of them wasn't smiling, honey child, so I don't know how good the unity is, but there is still unity there. They're showing this unified front. But to me, that was a complete waste of time. And I can tell you, other media people were very, very upset about it. And I can understand why they feel that way. That five-minute speech, I was like, eh, you could have just recorded that and sent it to us. There was no need to waste GIS resources having a live event that was not open to any questions, et cetera, et cetera. So I called ween Panton, and Wayne Panton has refused to have any discussions with me about the situation with Chris Saunders. That's important for y'all to know, because number one, it's factual, and it is the truth. So when I get here in a minute to tell you what the real reasons were, you have to understand that did not come from Gurney Ween Panton. I have a lot of ears on the ground, low down, yes. People tell me stuff everywhere I go. I can't go grocery shopping no more. Because what should be a 10 minute grocery shopping stint turns out to be an hour. Because everybody has something to tell me. One thing about Cayman and Caymanians and people, not just Caymanians, everybody talks up to a point in this country. So even when the premier has got his lips sealed and he not saying nothing, and he's always trying to take the morally high ground, I oftentimes don't need him to talk. Thank you, civil servants. Thank you, non-civil servants. Thank you, ministers of churches. Um, Thank you, sinners and saints alike. Everybody talking. This situation with race relations, let me try to complete my thoughts about this. It is a narrative. Somebody said we have classism. We have classism. We have racism. Like I said, nowhere in the world operates without those things. It's a reality. We have um, nepotism, uh, people who are anti Caymanianism. All those things exist. But it makes me uncomfortable when the political leadership in this country pushes a narrative based on race and color, and there's no real foundation or basis for it. You're gonna see what I mean here in a second. It is a dangerous narrative, right? I am a black woman. By all accounts, and I'll put it in the words of um, Frank McField, Many, many years ago, when I applied, first my notary application after returning from the States, and they got turned down because they told me I wasn't a Caymanian. Nobody didn't know who I was. And I was like, what? I'm not a Caymanian, but did you look at my application? I got two Caymanian parents. And I was born right here in Georgetown Hospital back in the day. When being born here, that made you a Caymanian. I'm like, how can I not be a Caymanian? You know what Frank said to me? Because he was in cabinet at the time. He said, well, Sandra, you got two things working against you. Number one, you're a Caymanian. And I'm thinking, how does that work against me when all you ministers are Caymanian? But anyway, number one, you're a Caymanian. Number two, you're a woman. And number three, you're Black. And I was like, okay, this is like the trifecta of what's working against me? I understand some of this concept of racism. I experienced some of it in the United States of America. I've probably experienced some of it in Cayman. Most people don't really rumble with me too much because I like to think that I bring other assets to the table that allows them to look past the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. But I don't want us to be a United States of America where we're all walking around with a chip on our shoulder and everybody who is isn't my skin color is a racist and I can't be friends with people because they're white, because they're English, because they're an American. That's not why I moved back to the Cayman Islands. I remember social harmony on this island. That Those are my fond memories of everybody just getting along, regardless of those things. And the irony of it is some of the most prejudiced people in this country towards Black people are our own Black people who are not comfortable in their own skin, Isn't that funny? But when you're in the world of politics, you cannot go around having this chip on your shoulder and having this narrative and trying to create this um, race war. That is irresponsible of you at all levels. And especially when you're doing it against your own Caymanian people. So when I hear Chris Saunders say, oh, F Randy Marin, He's coming from, you know, the Marons and the this family, that family, whatever. I'm like, oh, man, come on. Is this really what we're all about? This is where we're going to go? This is not Caymanians. I mean, I might say screw Randy Marin for other reasons. But not because he is a quote unquote white Caymanian. What has Randy Marin done? I, I want to look at the fruits of his labor. What has he done or what has he not done that we need to talk about? The reason why this Blue Water contract with these LFTs was pulled from Randy Marin, and it should have never been done. I want to be very, very clear. Chris Saunders made an error in judgment. His judgment was being clouded by the fact that he sees Randy Maron as a white man who is an elitist and they getting all the contracts and they're doing this and they're doing that and blah, blah, blah. But let's look at the facts. Randy Maron has a um, medical supply company. I did not even know this. You see a lot of these guys in business, they, they, got their hands in a lot of different stuff. Yes, you get an opportunity when your last name is a McTaggart or a Marin. I get that, right? People are more likely to give a Randy Marin money than me. because they be like, who the hell is Sandy Hill? What is your background? What, what businesses do your family have? I, not, I don't have any of that to come to the table with, to back me up. All I can tell you is I pay my bills. Is that enough? That doesn't give me a million dollar line of credit. That doesn't allow me to go to, um, you know, whether it's, um, what what was his name there that bought the compass, Uh, Mr. Bergstrom? That doesn't allow me to go to Bergstrom, who's a partner in law firm and say, hey, I got these radio stations. They're not really doing too hot. You wanna help your friend out and just buy them? couple million dollars so I can now pay off my DART loan. I get that I don't have and you don't have that kind of privilege. We don't have those kind of connections. It is what it is. I can't begrudge him for his successes. Yeah? And I can't begrudge him because of the color of his skin. Just like I would not want him to begrudge me in the same way or to treat me differently because of the color of my skin. It goes both ways and you can be a racist on both sides of the fence. Oh, Wayne Panton, he's a racist. Well, um, I have <laughs> I can only tell you what I know. I have never heard Wayne Panton say anything that would lead me to believe that that's the case. I have never uh, heard anybody with good first-hand knowledge said, well, Wayne said this, and this proves that he's a racist. In fact, I even said this to Wayne during the last election You know, they were trying to create this narrative that, oh, Ween doesn't like Jamaicans because apparently the Jamaican vote has become so important after those status grants in Cayman that everyone is trying to vie for that vote because it's now a good portion of Caymanians who go to the polls, all 25,000 or whatever view. A lot of those individuals are actually Jamaican nationals who have acquired status. So they're playing this game with Jamaicans. Oh, you know, vote one of your own in. Don't vote no white man in. Don't do this, don't do that. I ask you how well that has served your own country. And I say no more. Mm-hmm. Vote people in based on what they're bringing to the table, not by the color of their skin. The content of their character, not by the shades and the straightness of their hair. Or not. So this narrative um, that Ween is anti-Jamaican, they tried it during the election. He's anti-Black people. He's anti the average person on the street. Meanwhile, this is a man who will go out there and um, there's this story. The progressives tried to take advantage of it when it was convenient to them. There's a Jamaican guy here working in Cayman on a work permit. Poor thing had... Um, a bad case of diabetes and didn't know it. Now, you know that can be deadly. That'll kill you in a heartbeat. And so what was happening is he was getting gangrene in his extremities. He needed to go off to the U.S. in order to actually get an amputation. This is big money, Now you know to get a limb amputated and don't come cheap. He didn't have any money or anything to be able to do it. Wayne Panton dips into his own personal money. And I know that he doesn't talk about this. He doesn't like to tell these types of stories. But I'm using this as an example to show you. If someone was prejudiced and they did not like Black people, if they didn't like Jamaicans, if they didn't like colored people, and all this kind of stuff, they would not be going out of their way to help people. You have to look at people's actions to see what kind of person they are. Wien Panton paid and arrange for this man to go overseas and to have this life-saving procedure. He was not a voter, so Wayne Panton wasn't getting anything out of it. He was not a Caymanian. He was not even a permanent resident. The man was here working on a friggin' work permit. Understand me very, very clearly. And that is why when I say to you all, even on the phone, Oh, you know, I don't know about Sandy and if she like Jamaicans and blah, blah, blah. I tell you, the people that call me the most needing help in this country happens to be Jamaicans. They're the ones who have been taken advantage of the most in workplaces and so on. And I help a Jamaican as much as I help a Caymanian. And given the volume of people who call me that are Jamaicans, in fact, I'm helping Jamaicans more than I'm helping Caymanians because for me, it has nothing to do with the fact that you're Jamaican, you're Caymanian, you're Honduran, you are a human being. And there are basic levels of decency. There are basic levels of how people should be treated. So it makes me concerned that in this country, we are trying to take this Trump situation, you know, take a book out of Trump's manual, I guess, and push all this negativity about race relations. That is not who we are. It doesn't mean that we're never gonna talk about the realities of it and give very, very specific examples that need to be addressed. But I'm not painting a wide brush in this country that every person who isn't my skin color is a racist and they automatically don't like me because I'm black and I'm trying to say Wayne Panton is racist, the likes of Randy Marin. Um, you know, uh, trying to think of some of these other people that have been called up into this foolishness. Um, what is the one? Um, his grandfather, the school must be named after the grandfather. What well, his name is again. He's one of Randy's partners. Um, oh Lord, what the hell his name is. All these other people, right? I can't say that about them. I can't paint this broad brush. Now, Cumber, yes. What's his first name again? I can't remember. Anyway, whatever. His name is Cumber, yeah. So um, to be very, very clear, there's a bit of that that is actually happening here. And it's going to make sense when I tell you something else here in a second, because Randy is connected to some of this. So, to be clear, one thing that we can establish is that Chris Saunders did not resign. His statement that he resigned is not true. Maybe it was just said to save face, I guess. Um, sometimes, you know, people fire you and Marcus Cumber, thank you. People fire you and they give you the opportunity to um, say that you have resigned to just save face. All right. That's all right. Um, but it's not true. And like I said, when this person, and I had to pause yesterday, let me just bring this, this up for, to read to y'all. When this person said, Chris's statement slash WhatsApp message is clearly not consistent with the premier's statement. The premier clearly removed Chris from cabinet and then reshuffled his cabinet. In other words, He's been fired by the premier as a minister of cabinet. Anyone familiar with the Westminster style of government slash politics will understand that he was fired by Premier Panton. So when this message came in during yesterday's afternoon session. I said to myself, "Hmm, let me pursue whether or not there's any truth to this narrative or not. I can now tell you, without any fear of contradiction, he did not resign. So his statement, what he started out saying, that after a brief meeting with the premier, that he resigned, it is completely untrue. What he also did not say is the only person who can actually revoke him as minister, just like he's the only person that gives him the this, what is it called? Document of whatever the official term is, is actually, um, what's it called? The governor. The governor had a role to play in this. Stick a pin. Remember when I was just telling you guys about race relations and that sort of thing and that narrative that's being pushed? The governor himself, has been subjected to this at the hands of Chris Saunders in a very unprofessional and shocking way on more than one occasion. During cabinet meetings, the governor sits in on these things and I can tell you that Chris Saunders has been disrespectful to the governor. Now, you don't have to like the man. You don't have to like his position. You don't have to like the relationship that we have with the UK. But I think what you need to do is when you are a professional, you have to learn how to express yourself professionally. And you can't be jumping up, talking about you're a racist, MF, and this, that, and whatever, and having this attitude and cursing at people and going on. The same way they treated the former um, chief medical officer disrespected that woman where she was going to France-Manderson to hand in, well, I think technically she was going to the governor, to hand in her resignation. When you talk to people a certain way, especially when you're supposed to be an educated man and you belittle people and you talk to people like this, it does not make people feel good about you and who you are and what you supposedly stand for. And this has become a pattern of behavior, unfortunately. The civil servants have been complaining about Chris Saunders and his patterns of unprofessionalism. And I'm gonna get to some other aspects of it this morning. This is nothing new. This didn't just happen last week and it didn't just happen yesterday. So much so it's a pattern that my feelings are, it is a personality flaw. That you don't know how to go to the table and talk to people in a respectful and professional matter. And it doesn't matter how many um, CPAs or, or letters you have after your name, you have to be able to show up to the table and deal with people with a level of respect. Now, when they disrespect you, you might respond in kind, but don't you be the aggressor? And that is what has been happening. He's taken this style of politics where he's gonna be the bull in the China shop, and he is there, right, to disrupt everything. And it's all about him. Honey, child, get the memo straight. You, as Aunt Lottie always used to say, you get more bees with honey. Right? Miss Ann says, Sandra, you are on point. Well, I know a lot about what I'm talking about here today. You don't show up to the table with this attitude that you're the only person in the room who can always be right. And everybody else has a problem with you because the color of your skin, because you're a Jamaican, because you grew up poor, because you're a black man, that's not the attitude that you come to the table with. And so he's been rubbing a lot of people the wrong way for a long time and he's been saying a lot of stuff, just throwing nuggets out there that don't make any sense. It's so funny because two people just messaged in the WhatsApp and I'm gonna to get to some of your WhatsApp messages and some of the other messages here in a second. And they are saying the exact same thing. Oh, but remember when Chris Saunders' nephew had certain things to say about him? We all saw that video. Now, I'm not saying that the nephew got some mental health issues, because I do believe he does, but it also doesn't mean that everything the nephew has said is incorrect. Maybe the nephew knows more than we were giving him credit for. And we were dismissing him as crazy, because of his delivery method and the fact that he um you know seems to have a little bit of an axe to grind with his uncle but you know what they say even a broken clock is twice is right twice a day huh. folks there's been a fundamental personality issue between Wayne Panton and Chris Saunders from day one. No one can tell me that Chris Saunders did not want premiership, nobody. I believe that to my core. They negotiate and they come to an agreement, Premier Panton, Deputy Premier, from day one, the streets were talking and those of you who kept bringing it to me, you know, I was like, no, 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 that's not true. Oh, yes, Sandy. They want to pull the government apart. And the names that kept coming up, Chris Saunders, um, or my little friend, the name from West, uh, Georgia on Central, Chris Saunders, um, Kenneth Bryan, J.E. Banks, and um, who else they had in the mix? But those three were always the ringleaders, right? They're going to pull this government apart. They want premiership so much so that I went to Chris myself and I said, Chris, man, these rumors on the streets are so strong. What is going on within the party? Tell me. You people down in Windsor Park, you know. You know. Sandy, they were having a meeting this weekend. They were doing this, they were doing that. And I'm like, Lord have mercy. Let me call and see. And of course, every time, no, 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 Chris, Chris, no, Sandy, Wayne Panton is the right man for the job. He has the right temperament, you know. He's the one that should be there now. Somebody say, I also hear Kathy's in the mix. Well, y'all don't know about that situation. She don't talk to me no more because I had to tell the truth on her. But that's all right. She'll be okay. Poor Kathy. Mm. I got two two things in water here this morning. My apologies. I'm drinking from both. But yes. He tell me, no, Wayne Panton is the best man for the job. He has the right temperament. And I agree he has the right temperament because I think most people would have gone off a long time ago with some of the foolishness that they've had to deal with. Civil servants have been complaining about unprofessional and sexual harassment from Mr. Saunders. Several months ago, you guys, I think it's been several months, heard me right here on this platform. I did not call any names because I was doing my best to protect these people. Saying, get it together. Stop the unprofessional behavior. By the way, every time I say something, they get vexed with me. I always encourage them to remind themselves of what I don't say, (laughs) right? This situation with the governor happened last year and I became aware of it after the holidays and I started digging. What I can tell you is the governor himself did not want this to come out in the public. He felt like it made the entire government look bad It made the entire country look bad. And his objective was to have none of that. He's a professional. He's been at this a minute. Somebody wants to get in his face and call him a racist and a this and a that. He's just going with the flow. He'll soon be out of here. So he never has addressed those situations head on. And at some point, It becomes a problem when people keep attacking people in meetings and in a professional setting. The same thing I've reported on people sitting in board meetings, making physical threats and whatever, this type of behavior cannot be encouraged. It is not who we are under no sort of explanation whatsoever. You come to the table and you be professional. Yes, I get it. I understand that sometimes things might get heated, but regardless of that, Right? You have to maintain your professionalism. And that has not been done. Female civil servants do not want to work with Chris Saunders. His PA has been brought to tears by this man. The head of, and I'm not going to say the agency, I'm sure she's probably listening to the show, of a particular government department is on leave as we speak for over six months because of Chris Saunders. A.K. Mannion, black woman, by the way, is practically out of her job after 30-something years as a civil servant because of Chris Saunders. Chris doesn't believe a lot of times that the rules apply to him. He has an attitude that is shocking. Yeah. He's the type of man who believes that his family should bypass security at the airport regardless of what international security protocols are regardless of what CIAA has in place for everyone to follow. Diplomats get an escort, but they still have to go through security. And there's certain things that they still have to follow. That is not extended to their family members. And if international, the FAA and all these other international bodies, every knew that we were allowing family members through the airport without subjecting them to security, we're allowing them to go through the back end and drive up in a car, they would have our heads on a security platter. Our entire airport could be shut down because of behavior like that. And it's fundamentally a flaw when someone believes they do not have to follow the rules as the rest of us, especially when it comes to things like security and protocol. It's important. It matters. And you have to be careful. You know, simple example, last week, Sunday, not this Sunday, gone, but the week before. I went to the coffee shop here in Savannah. And I walked in there, boy, they had a line almost at the door. And I was like, oh, my God, really? So I looked at some people. I was like, oh, this line. One guy like, oh, it's you, Miss Sandy. You can go right to the front of the line. I said, "No, no, no, I can't. I am like everybody else. I get to the back of the line. The only thing I'm gonna do is I'll get my paperwork and start filling out the sandwich order while I'm standing in line, just to be a little bit more efficient. But you see that mentality? Oh, because you're you're this person. Because people know you. You're a politician. You have celebrity status. You must jump ahead of the line. And I said no. That very fundamental wrong way of thinking is part of what is wrong with us now. So you can't bring any conversations to me about race relations and this and that, right? When I know that a Caymanian woman, a black Caymanian woman is on the verge of losing her job and she's been sitting on paid leave for six months, with no real investigation even having taken place because of a trumped-up complaint directly from the former deputy premier. And I want to be very, very clear here. I'm friends with the party, and I know a lot more than I can say. And a lot of people have a story to tell about when Chris Saunders does not get his way, when they say no to him. It's going to be hell to pay, and that's a problem. You don't think that these complaints get back to the deputy governor? You don't think that these civil servants are filing official complaints about this man? You don't think that the premier of this country is getting wind of this? Well, let me tell you something. If Sandra Hill hearing it, if civil servants are talking about it that loudly and it's coming to me you better believe other people are hearing it as well other ministers what is the saying about you don't do what where you do what now i don't care if you're a philanderer if you want to go out there and have affairs the only person that should care about that really is your wife and if she don't care then none of us don't care What I care about is when you're doing it in the halls of the government building. That is sexual harassment, right? When you're bringing it to work, don't bring it in that environment. That's a problem. When, because of how you treat people and how you talk to people, and again, Making demands, it's all about the family and the importance of this ego. When you make demands on the civil service, well, you, you're such an effing fool and you can't do your job right. And you didn't book my family um, per- personal trip, by the way, not even government trip, nine a personal trip to the Bahamas. And you could curse out a civil servant so badly That you will make this one break down in tears. Something is wrong. And if Wayne Panton sat back and allowed all of this to slide, we're going to have his head on a platter here soon. Wayne Panton said he's bringing this, um, what do you call it? Code of conduct. All of this flies in the face of a code of conduct. You've got to hold people responsible. When Panton was left no choice but to fire Chris Saunders. And I'm not done telling you why. These are some of the reasons. But there is more. Mm, mm, mm. How much more? Jesus? on peace. Why don't we take a commercial break? So I can drink a little extra sip of tea. Ay, ay, aye. Believe me when I tell you it gives me no pleasure. Chris is a friend. I've known Chris before politics. And I had high hopes for him because none of this has to do with Chris's ability to get his job done. It's all this other foolishness, personality, ego that has really driven this to where it is today. Big shout out to Crichton Properties. They have a lot of things going on. Here's a few messages from them and some of our other sponsors.
6: Crichton Properties is one of Cayman's most trusted real estate companies for over 50 years. We offer a diverse selection of property listings and help our clients navigate the world of buying or selling their properties with confidence. Crichton is a name you can trust with our excellent customer service and family-friendly touch. Contact us today to list your home, land, or condo for sale by calling 949-5250 or email info at CrichtonProperties.com. Crichton Properties, a trusted Cereba member.
0: Ocean Ridge Heights offers an amazing opportunity to own a piece of land in idyllic Cayman Brac, right on the bluff, starting from $80,000. Located in a quiet residential area with high elevation, these lots are ideal for a future home or investment property and are sure to go fast. Cayman Brack offers a laid back lifestyle amazing pristine diving, limestone caves, diverse flora, along with amazing wildlife. Inquire about the owner financing options so that you can secure your piece of paradise today. With only a few lots remaining, these are sure to go before you know it. Contact Crichton Properties today on 345-949-5250 or info at CrichtonProperties.com.
1: I am Richard Hugh, President and CEO of CUC. Our focus has always been on you, our customers. Times are changing, and so are your expectations. We are listening to our employees and the people of the Cayman Islands to find new opportunities that can improve your experience. We are working every day to provide you with a safe and reliable electricity service. You are at the core of everything that we do. We are exploring and adopting new technologies and sources of energy, which will benefit you as we become more reliable and more efficient, which will mean lower energy costs. We are working to improve our energy management tools, offer new products and services, and provide 24-7 customer support. Our new vision, Empowering Cayman to be a global leader is building momentum towards a better future for our islands.
2: All right, folks, um, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much. So um, we haven't even gotten to the we, we, we've been dealing, folks, with the desserts, not, not dessert, the um or and some of the side dishes we not got to the meat and potatoes quite yet because this gets even uh more interesting but it's important to lay the foundation because with the without a proper foundation none of this is going to um make any sense and then I will get to your comments because I do see my god I don't know how many comments there are right now uh, but I do see a lot of comments um coming in as well so we're definitely going to get to some of those um so listen folks at the end of the day it's 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 a lot it really really is a lot to unpack i think there were some fundamental personality differences um you know part of it is probably chris sees himself as more qualified than even the premier to run this country. And so maybe he does believe that he should have been premier. And, um, you know, somebody said trust issues, maybe. Um, You know, I don't really know. What What I know is that they have very, very different personalities and the narratives that are being pushed on behalf of this country where the focus should be was really going off the wheels, right? The governor has put up with stuff. Civil servants, particularly women, have put up with being degraded and talked down to. Um, Some are claiming that they are being sexually harassed and that they're being subjected to that. They have filed, my understanding is, complaints to the deputy governor, and that is in the process. Um, In fact, that whole thing is so interesting that I received Uh, phone call some weeks back that um, the sexual complaints and the inappropriate behavior had really, um, you know, gotten to such a degree that a police investigation was being launched and that the deputy governor was meeting with all these civil servants because now they had photos and other stuff like it had really, really gotten out of hand. Now, I can tell you, That when I received that phone call, I was very, very cautious, although I know the backdrop of having had uh, these complaints about this type of behavior, the details of that I called to flush out, and I was not able to find any evidence that a meeting with all these civil servants were being called. But I think the fact that it's even being said leads one to understand that there's some serious concerns here as it relates to the overarching misbehavior. And it was not once or twice. The allegations are feverish, right? To a point where women are like, we're not gonna work with him. Take me out of this ministry. I don't wanna be in this environment. Now, I found it interesting that um, even his PA, I don't know who she is, but I understand she's from West Bay. And, you know, I said this on yesterday's program, and I'm going to say it again. Caymanians really put up with a lot in the workplace. Most of you more than I certainly would put up with. Because I got to tell you, well, you know, West Bears have a certain reputation. You know, I got really mess with too many of them. Um, and I found it interesting that this woman reacted the way in which she did. And I kind of half jokingly, but not really, said yesterday, um, I see Cayman memes picked it up when I said that, you know, I'm surprised that she didn't thump this man upside his head. Cause y'all know a lot of West Bears can be like, you gonna talk to me like that? Not today, Bobo. Let me remind you of a few things. But I also understand that civil servants are afraid. A lot of them live in this constant fear of their jobs. Right? Let me give you another example. Chris Saunders demanded a driver. Okay. I mean, let, let's say I can understand, you know, you guys work long days and um, all this kind of stuff. First deputy premier demanded a driver, yeah? more More expense, more money for the people, more resources come out of protocol, but let's say the argument has some merit to it. They work long days, at night they're tired, you know, when they're on the road, people calling, people doing this, people doing that. For me, it's an ego boost, and that's probably the extent of it. If you want a driver, pay for your own damn driver. Why does it have to be a protocol vehicle? And why does it have to be at the expense of the people that came to islands? But anyway, leave that argument right there. So, you see, there's a lot of things y'all don't know that have been going on. So give him, give him his driver. Then you know, all the other ministers coming now, well, Chris getting a driver, I want driver too. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, there's an office of the Premier. There's an op- office of the Deputy Premier. He wants all the same privileges as the office of the Premier. Okay. Now, mind you, that the funny thing about it is, and I have to chuckle every time I see Wayne Panton driving himself, with his driver sitting in the passenger seat. I'm like, you do know that kind of defeats the purpose. But poor Mr. Norman. Wayne Panton not gonna make y'all fire Norman he's like Norman needs a job and he he's in the car with me so it's okay if I drive I'm like um, okay <laughs> weird but okay mm-hmm. so there was a situation where um, his regular driver was on vacation or something you know these guys need time off And so Chris had requested a specific driver to replace him. Now don't ask me, if you're about the people's business, do not ask me why it matters who your driver is. Hmm. It's very unusual for you to request a specific driver and then Um, the person who would normally arrange this, the protocol manager, she was off, I think on vacation or something. She wasn't there. And um, whoever was in charge of getting this sorted out, I don't know if they didn't see his request, if they couldn't get that driver or what the situation was, but they sent him a driver, but not the one that he requested. Well, you don't do that to Chris Saunders, my love. The driver's outside of his house and his driveway in his yard waiting on him to take him into work. Chris Saunders comes out of his car, gets in his own vehicle, and drives himself to work, leaving the driver in his yard, confused and befuddled. When I talk about this. Ego driven attitude. This is but another example. The poor driver is there trying to do his job. Seriously. Now the professional thing, like I said, I don't, I don't know why you need a specific driver. I don't know what bones the drivers know that are buried in the backyard that only one or two drivers can know where those bones are. I don't know what that's all about. What I do know, if you've made a request and your request has not been acquiesced to, right? What I would have done is I would have come outside and said, oh, well, this isn't the driver that I requested, but okay, not a problem. Introduce myself, sir, I'm Christopher Saunders, the deputy premier. You're here as my driver. I'm sure he would have said, yes, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, whatever. Um, okay, um, you know, take me to government building. When I got to government building, I would have sent an email to protocol or whoever, acting protocol or whoever it was and say, excuse me. You know, I requested this driver. And again, I don't even understand the need to request a specific driver. Like to me, that's kind of like, mm, why? Right? But anyway, um, that was also another example. There, there's, there's examples of behavior that has been mounting for a really, really long time. Now, let me tell you that although all of this stuff is unprofessional, the civil service is feeling less than appreciated, they're feeling degraded. Oh, by the way, let me let me play for the sake of, of just having a, a bit of a comic relief moment this morning. Um shout out to K-Man Ways go like their Instagram page they're very humorous. They take a lot of things and and they um they see the humor in it. And like I often say to people, you know life is is what it is. We can have some wicked moments in life and honey child, if you cannot learn how to laugh at yourself or laugh at your situation in life, you will literally go crazy sometimes. So have a look at this clip from yesterday's segment. I had to laugh at myself. Um, big shout out again to, uh, to um, K-Man Ways. No, that all right. And I'm surprised because she a West Bay. And I said, boy, I'm surprised she not punching you in your head. She, she must have one them soft, soft West Bay. It's a child because she not no proper West Bay. And y'all know I done tell you 23 and me. I got eBank's banks blood running through my veins. Now that I know that might explain the crazy a little bit too. So she's a West Bayer and she never tumped you? 14, what a mess. Well, all I can tell you is I stand by those comments this morning. What a mess indeed. Because believe me, you not gonna disrespect me. I see Al Ray just say he don't take no disrespect from any coworkers or seniors honey child. Mm, mm, mm. I don't know. I remember back in the day, um, Teresa Pitcrin, bless her heart. Um, she said to me one time about how, um, you know, this is when I was resigning from Maples and she said, Oh, Sandy, you know, I wish you wouldn't leave because, um, you know, there's so many people like myself, who's really tried to set the, um, the path for people like you to come after us. Because when I started Maples and Calder back in those days, you know, they would call you the N word and they would tell you, you know, uh, when they say jump, you say how high. I actually had one partner say that to me and honey child, When I finished talking to him, I was like, sir, I don't know who you think you are. To be very clear. I do not know who you think you are, but you have me confused is what I said to him. And to this day, that man, and I'm going to call his name, that's water under the bridge. He steps with me every time I see him, he steps now with respect. Because I said to him, Sir, I do not know who you think you are. Mm-hmm. But I am not the average Caymanian. So when you say jump, I am not going to say how high. I was on study leave and he was asking me to do something. I said, not today, Bobo, not today. My obligation is to be studying and to get the best grades possible, not to be doing your personal research for some publication that you're supposed to be in. And trust me, he was fit to be tied. You're disrespecting me. When I say jump, I ha- you say how high? I said, really, not today, Bobo. He even went as far as telling me about the politicians he got in his back pocket and whose campaigns he paid for. And that's why their wife is a partner in this firm and blah, blah, blah. I said, sir, with all due respect, that ain't got nothing to do with me. And furthermore, because we had some Caymanians up in there trying to climb that proverbial corporate ladder up in Maples and Calder by sleeping with people and sleeping with partners. I said, sir, I'm not going to kiss anybody's, you know what? I'm not going to sleep with them and I'm not going to be here for people to abuse and use. You're not going to be calling me the N word. That might have been poor Teresa and all those other people that came before me. That might have been their story and their legacy, unfortunately, that these people are trying to create with them, but not me. You're not going to do it. And I didn't have to curse and go on with him. It didn't have to go in that direction. I stood my ground and I said it very, very firmly. And I'll remember probably as long as the memory is good. When um, he was retiring and he sent me a little invitation to the retirement party so I could attend the big shinding in in, um, South Sound, everybody's like, oh, he actually invited you? I said, listen, you set boundaries with people, you know? They don't have to like you, but gosh darn it, you're gonna respect me when I'm bringing something to the table you you not going to think that you can treat me, especially in a work environment, any kind of way. You're not going to be yelling and screaming at me and think that I'm going to be coming to tears. I wasn't built for that kind of foolishness. No. I don't know what God was doing when he decided to put this little concoction together, this mix-up thing. But I guess he sprinkled in that West Bay eBanks for a reason. Huh? Hmm. No, sir? Uh-uh. No, honey child. I was raised different. You give respect and you earn respect, right? You don't get respect from me because of who you are and what title you hold. You need to earn it and you earn it with your behavior. And if you disrespect me, we're going to be sliding in a kind of different direction. All right, let's move on. Um, sometimes I find with Chris that he says certain things. I don't know if it's designed to just, I don't know, get people. I mean, the thing that really upsets me about this whole situation is he's out of a job as minister, not because he's not qualified, or because, then he, or because he wasn't a good minister in terms of doing his job. I want y'all to be very clear, yeah. The man knows what he's doing. He understands finance. And he was doing a good job. That part of it. It's all the other stuff. Having no control over your mouth can also be a very dangerous thing. So even yesterday... After all of this went down and he's leaving the building, you know what he did? And I don't know. I mean, I think they could have handled it a little bit differently. I don't know how civil servants, maybe they don't have enough experience with this. But don't allow this man to contaminate the rest of the civil service. So when he was leaving, oh, the premier is corrupt. The premier is corrupt. Y'all got to soon find out. He's a corrupt man. And I want to go back again to his statement that he made, yeah? This statement, which was sent out to everybody and came in Cayman. He talks about their differences that are material to us working together. I soon come and tell you what another one of them is here in a second. He says that many of you would love to know what those differences are. But in the best interest of our beloved Cayman Islands, it is best that these differences remain between the Premier and I. How do you make that statement on the one hand and then you turn around and as you are leaving, you make another statement where you essentially say something that you know is going to cause (laughs) the country to be destabilized? Why would you say something like that? If your intent, you claim, is to keep it between you and the premier. No, no. Let us now pick sense from nonsense. You guys know the saying that it is better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven? Y'all have heard this statement before? Folks, there are some people who will burn down Rome. They're going to drop a bomb as they're walking out the door because they didn't get their way. To hell with the people of the Cayman Islands. To hell with our international reputation. To hell with... Um, Stability? Political and otherwise. None of that matters. This is when you lead with ego. Yes. Even yesterday, as this was going down, we had Kenneth Bryan talking about He wants to be deputy premier. And because he wasn't considered for the position, him and Jay and Chris are gonna basically pull this party down and pull this, this. it's not a party, but you know, pat government, whatever, pull this administration apart. Listen to me and listen to me ever so carefully. We did not elect you for you to be about yourself, about your position, about your title, about your salary. I personally, as a voter and constituent in this country, have no time for this kind of foolishness. And you step out of line, you'll be told about yourself because you're doing it for all of the wrong reasons. Who cares if you're not deputy premier? I don't even know why you really think you're qualified for the job because you're not to be very, very clear. Okay? But again, that's about self. You're not qualified and you want to be deputy premier. And if you don't get it, then you're gonna burn room down. You heard what I just said? Better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven, that is the philosophy of a lot of these egotistical maniacs that we have elected to public office. Some of the women will not be excluded in that general description. Hmm? Kathy, I'm speaking to you. I know you all up in your feelings, you're all upset. And you and I, well, I don't know if we're gonna be able to move past it, honey chair. Because you can't be honest to the people of the Cayman Islands, and you know me, I ain't not got no time for you. You understand? People, get it together now. Good morning, caller.
7: Yes, good morning. Yes, sir. Boy, I'm a third cup of tea, son. Sweet boy, sweet. You in
2: a third cup already? Uh, Jeez, yeah, I thought I didn't get through the first one yet. I talking. No, so
7: much. I got checked. I gotta make sure I keep awake man, I keep awake for this because this is some good truth I in today and it's a long time and I hear some of this good truth. Mm-hmm. Because one thing you just said that picked me to call is like, um, when you say that Kenneth fighting or uh, they're fighting for the deputy premier seat. Mm-hmm. But I want to know what criteria mm-hmm. there is that you could actually have a deputy premier seat. Mm-hmm. It should be like a doctorate degree, you have to go to school and acquire a certain accolades before you can even reach there yeah half of them don't have no degree mm-hmm. to what they're speaking to so yep. they deserve no place in parliament for me that's why i don't vote mm-hmm. half of them is um not too educated to be holding a post mm-hmm. so i don't see them to have no future thoughts to say well pushing the country forward mm-hmm. you know what i mean so that's my say still i i, I just yeah. want to listen to the record I, I won't go more forward cop yeah
2: all right honey i appreciate <laughs> it i appreciate it thanks my dear and, you know, um, k okay, politics being what it is, we've seen people who don't even have a high school education running this country. And at some point, we're going to have to come to a moment where we have to accept that we need to change that. Right now, get, don't get me wrong. And you know, I don't get it twisted. You can be an educated fool. So you can have an education and still not be about the people's business. But at the same time, there should be some basic requirements. If you're interested in running for politics, you go out there and you do what you need to do, both community-wise and your education, bring something to the table. Because in this day and age, the issues that we were facing in the 1970s and 80s might've been less complex. We're on a world stage now, FATF, Factor, this, that, they all coming after us. And you have to understand a lot in order to be a minister. You're not just a community worker when you're elected to public office. You understand? It requires more than that. And perhaps that is why I'm so disappointed in this whole situation with Chris, is because Chris has that. But this is an example of where you can have it on this end but then you're lacking in the personality department and the professionalism department you're bringing all this other stuff and it's still not gonna work although you're educated you see the problem it takes more than just an education you have got to have the right mindset and the right heart and it's a combination of all of those things into one You could be the most educated person in the world. But if you don't know how to deal with people, if you cannot respect people, if you don't know how to speak to people in your capacity as a deputy premier of this country, you believed wrongfully, erroneously that Wayne Panton was going to sit back for four years and let you wreak havoc on everybody that came in your path and he was going to do nothing about it. And I have to question why Chris Saunders actually thought that that was going to be the case. Wayne Panton's leadership style might be a little bit too soft for some of these people that he's dealing with. But he's doing it in the name of diplomacy, Wayne Panton. Listen, now I'm not saying to, to turn like um how you was under the PPM government. Or become a Chris Saunders. But maybe your approach needs to be a little bit firmer with these guys. Because they're not getting the memo. They are trying you. And they're trying the good patience of the people of the Cayman Islands. And it is wrong. We're no fools. And we have had it. We're no longer going to put up with it. So listen now, I told y'all that sometimes Chris isn't honest and that's the God's truth. Aye, aye, aye. And he will say things, I don't know if it's just to get attention or be inflammatory or what the situation is, but you, he will say things I don't know what the reason is, but that are not true. They have no merit to it. Uh, Meant to get people's emotions going in a particular direction, I don't really know. But one of the things that he said to multiple high-ranking officials, and I'm not talking about politicians, is he made an accusation against the DART organization. Listen very carefully now to this part of the story. Top up your coffee and your tea because we can't skip a beat now because I need to break it down and explain this because this is critical to what transpired yesterday. And the whole time I want you to keep in mind that for some people their philosophy will be that it's better to reign in hell They're going to wreak havoc on the entire country than to serve in heaven. Elected officials, you are there to serve the people of the Cayman Islands. You start to get out of hand when you think your shit don't stink. And you can do whatever it is that you want and no one will hold you accountable you will be held accountable. And the premier has just demonstrated that he's not gonna force the people of the Cayman Islands to wait four years to hold you accountable, that he himself will do it. And all other ministers and people in government, y'all need to pay attention. The political arm, pay attention. He will hold you accountable. He held McKeever Bush finally accountable. Stick a pin. Did y'all see that picture yesterday with McKeever Bush going to court with the um what I what I like to call the um the um Harvey Weinstein roller the pusher thing talking about um I, I guess he claiming he can barely walk what kind of stunt is this Did y'all see that picture? Shout out to the Compass—they're the one who who took it. I was like, what? McKeever Bush walking with a walker now. Did y'all see this? What kind of foolishness is this? You're not getting no sympathy from the courts because you're walking with a walker, you know? You sit there. huh? You don't know the court system. They gave you your chance already, Bobo. And you the one who messed it up. So don't, don't come in there with no walker-looking sympathy from nobody to think, oh, you sick, and they're not going to send you to jail. Look at this. That's Harvey Weinstein on the top, and that's McKeever Bush on the bottom rolling into court yesterday. Y'all see that? Poor me, I'm like, what? Am I seeing right? Yes. Wearing his mask and pushing his little roller. Meanwhile, when he walk into the bar, he can walk perfectly straight up and no problem. Anyway, we're not getting into that yet today. That's a whole other conversation. But what I will say is I am not being fooled. Mm -mm. Anyway. Um, yes, my love, what what was I saying? Yes. So just like yesterday when he dropped this bomb walking through, oh, Wayne Panton is corrupt and I can prove it. Okay. He also has, back in 2021, 2022, gone around, because he does not, I'm going to tell you what the streets are saying. This regen project, y'all know what this regen project is, right? So this is a project now with the DART organization and the dump and um, trying to finally get this going. It's been multiple administrations. Uh, You can go to regen.ky. It's basically the infrastructure development to support a solid waste management system or strategy where we move the facility from where it is. That's only part of it. There's a lot that's involved in the rollout of this. The bottom line is this folks the current situation where we are at the dump is not going to sustain us for much longer everybody recognizes that without a doubt okay everybody recognizes that there has to be a solution to this a long-term plan in a solution government themselves Previous government and this government has recognized that they can't do it by themselves. This has to be a public-private partnership. Now, who can help them? Well, they can bring in all kinds of experts from overseas. The DART organization has stepped forward with their team of experts and money, because it takes money to do this stuff. And they have said, we can get it done. They've been negotiating, going back and forth, how it's going to work out, all the details. They've signed an agreement already with the previous administration under the PPM government. There has been little forward movement on this. It appears that Chris Saunders is not in favor of the Regen project, and he wants the whole thing, all the years of negotiations and back and forth and yadda yadda, he wants it scrapped completely. Understand this, because this is a big, we're now at the stake on our plate. This is a stake, okay? He wants it scrapped, because he's of the opinion that people like Walling Whitaker and Mario Rankin can do it just as well as the DART organization and all the experts that they're going to be bringing in. Now listen to me. Let me be as clear as I possibly can on this. The magnitude of what we're talking about here, of what needs to be done for us to get this right. There is no Mario Rankin in the world and no Walling Whitaker in the world that has the resources, the connections, the expertise, none of that to bring this to fruition. And I'm not trying to talk down on our people. We have to understand our limitations. This is not part of your friend circle where you need to be helping out your friends, get them a government contract. This isn't just strap metal contract post Ivan. This is a very complex multi hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollar project. Be very, very clear in what I'm saying no one has the expertise on this island to take this project on the experience just isn't here that doesn't mean now that it's not possible right for them to have a part in it but now i know i'm going to ruffle some feathers here this morning when you want to get people involved and give them a part of something, you better start looking at their track record, huh? Eh? Look at their performance and their previous deliverables. Right. What am I talking about? Well, let's talk about Mario ranking for just a split second. Mario um, post Ivan was in charge of this um, whole cleanup, island cleanup, collecting the scrap meddling, whatever. That project does not make you an expert now on all things waste management and so on. You had one task to complete. By all accounts, you actually did not do a very good job. I'm just telling the truth. And so much so that the other truckers and people who were assisting you with the cleanup of this project ended up torching your vehicles, your company trucks, because the DART organization made the mistake of trusting you with the distribution of funds for this project. Hear me good and hear me good. The guys, the Caymanian guys that you were working with, accuse you of pocketing their money. Because Dart said, listen, we'll give you all the work, but we're not into no 50 million um, independent contractors get together as an association, put one person in the lead. Guess who's stepped forward? Mario Rankin, of course. We'll pay Mario. And then he funnels the money to the rest of you. you guys Do that amongst yourselves. Well, he did such a poor job of the funneling of the money (laughs) that the the Caymanians, his own people, were so pissed off at him that they took it out on his vehicles and they torched, y'all remember the story? CMR wasn't around then, so maybe he didn't get all the details, but they torched his trucks. Why were they torched? That was the Caymanians saying, we are sick and tired of you, Bobo, stealing from us and not giving us what we earned. We're out there doing the work. We're out there working hard. And you think that you can be floating around, sitting down up in Georgetown Yacht Club, trying to be a big shot, trying to talk to this one and that one, and don't pay us our money. They're not going to work. And so, you know, uh, what can I say? Some Caymanians not going to be going to no police. They never had Marro to run to back then to try and get their money. So they did it in kind of an old-fashioned way. They went and took it out on your equipment, your heavy equipment. And I think they even took it out in some of these high Ferrari cars and whatever else they torched them too. He got the memo and they tell him straight up, we'll come and break your legs. You better pay up. Street justice. Hmm. These guys work too hard and making sacrifices and it's not easy getting in the heavy equipment and waste removal business. It takes a lot of resources and money. And so they weren't playing with Mario. So this is the person, this is the track record now that you think can take on and and build from the ground up a waste management facility and system in the Cayman Islands? Let me understand something clearly here now, how you must be thinking. The, um. Glass cutter, chipper, whatever, that DART has been doing at no cost to the people of the Cayman Islands or the government for the past 10 years. Finally came to its end of life the other day. And everybody is now at a loss for what to do with glass recycling. Uh, why, why you never found a Caymanian to do that then? Since you have such a proverbial ongoing issue with the DART organization and the good that they do try to do. Government not eat, wasn't even ready. Everybody's like, Miss Sandra, uh, what happened to glass recycling? Well, what happened is, DART did it for 10 years, didn't charge anybody for doing it. That machine has a life cycle. Now, nobody not got a plan B. I think it's interesting that we all want to cuss the DART organization when it's convenient for us to do so. But when they're doing good in the community, you don't recognize the good, you don't appreciate the good. And if you're Chris Saunders, you go one step further. You levy an accusation against the DART organization about this regen program because you want your friend, Walling Whitaker, and others, Mario and others, to come in and get a contract. So you want a contract that has been years in the making to be scrapped and put in the recycle bin, shredded and chopped up, because you believe, oh, this is another example of the white man getting the opportunity. Your Caymanians would have to get a piece of the pie. This is the part that I find so shocking and absolutely unbelievable. But you don't burn down room to give opportunities to one or two people, especially when they have no track record in this area. And people could easily argue, at least in the case of Mario, that he has an anti-track record. He has underperformed, not performed, not perform, no performance. What on earth is wrong with you as a politician? So what Chris did is he went and made an allegation people, Listen to me. Listen, listen to what I'm going to tell you now. Put the coffee down and get closer to the radio. Put your ear right up to it, folks. He made an allegation of bribery. Now, you know, this is a serious something. Hold on here now. Where's my where's my charge sheet? Because you know they're charging me with bribery. So I guess I can speak to how serious this allegation is. See my little charge sheet here? Huh? I'm in court next week on the 28th of March at 10 a.m. So you're not going to leave the show early that day. Because in a civil proceeding, so you see that, where I was negotiating, y'all can see all the information right now, where I was negotiating, on the instructions of the judge, by the way, trying to settle a civil matter, right? They are claimed claim that I was trying to bribe the man with a no prejudice email. The accusation of bribery is very serious. I couldn't even tell you how insulted I am for somebody to claim that I try to bribe somebody. I'm like, what? Perverting the course of justice? Y'all must be crazy. But it's very serious. So I, I gotta get myself a good lawyer this time. I can't take no chances, but that bad one I had last yeah. time. This is a very serious allegation. And you don't use the word bribery lightly. You don't throw this around. For you to say that the dart organization or anybody in the dart organization has tried to bribe you and you don't just say that to some lackey in the street, you are saying it to the head of the anti-corruption commission. Wow. where's my bomb? (laughs) That's like a double bomb. Yeah. And believe me, you, you should never accuse anybody of bribery unless you got some facts and something that you can back it up with. Now, here is where the story gets even more interesting. Because you see, don't jump to conclusions now. Because you believe, well, Dart got money, you know? He got money, so he can do anything with his money. Well, yes, these people have money, without a doubt. But they also have a reputation and a track record for trying to get things right, even when you all don't agree with the outcome, or you don't like it, or that they've gotten approval. These people really cross their T's and dot their I's. They have lawyers. They have project managers. They have experts at all levels. So when Chris Saunders is going on telling people that members of that organization is trying to bribe him, ask yourself, why would they do that, first of all? And how exactly would this benefit them? They already have a signed contract. What is this government going to do? Since already have a signed contract, you're going to renege on that contract that was signed by the progressives? <laughs> Try it. Because you're going to have a problem that you're going to need some serious KC's for. You better go hire all the KC's in the UK. The courts do not like uncertainty. They don't like parties that sign a contract, even if it is government and then renege on that contract. Put your minds back to the blue water situation. When that was pulled from Randy Marin, Chris Saunders had not a legal leg to stand on. You don't issue someone a purchase order or a contract or enter into an agreement with them to say that you are going to pay this and you're agreeing to this and then turn around and change your mind for some frivolous reason. That is why Randy Marin lawyered up real quick. This was a multi-million dollar contract and the worst part about it is Randy Marin had already exerted funds. Now, let me read this comment about Randy Marin. I'm gonna tell you all exactly what I think about this situation. Listen, to be very clear, Randy Marin over the years has had his issues with me. One time he was cussing me. Oh, Sandy, you don't like me, whatever. I remember running into Randy with a mutual friend. Randy didn't even want to come sit down at the at the table to have a drink. I don't drink. Y'all know I don't drink, but I was sitting there sipping my little Coke. By the way, I'm trying to give up them Pepsis now too. And uh, he's like, the person said, oh, Randy said that you don't like him. I'm like, me? I don't like Randy? Where did Randy get this from? I said, I thought Randy didn't like me. It was his his talk show people. He was saying, "Oh, don't invite Sandy in the talk show and this and that because they had an axe to grind at me." But you see, I'm not business about that, you know, because I keep telling y'all I'm not looking for no friends. I don't need any friends. So at some point in life, you don't really care who like you from who don't like you. But people come full circle. So I said, "Call Randy over. Randy, come over." Oh, Sandy, you upset with me? I said, "Randy, I honestly don't know what you're talking about. You know, I don't have no problems with you." You're okay, manion. What's the problem? Now, let me be clear. I might call out your behavior, and that's why I want to read this because it's a very good message. Yes, I've called out Randy's brother, who I do not know from the Man in the Moon, but everybody know that his brother was a drug dealer and money laundering. So here is this comment now. Listen up. This is a good, this is a good comment. Man, I got no problems with this. This person says, we were talking about Randy Marin earlier, they said, Randy is a crook. (laughs) He and his brother involved in drug dealing and money laundering and there's no way that that could have occurred without his involvement. He just wasn't charged because, of course, his brother didn't talk and he wasn't arrested in the US and he's never paid his ICT fees, owes the government a lot of money with his C3 operation. Randy's also John Felder's business partner, FYI, has been for many years. The company he and Felder ran defrauded people, as you know, and if he was anyone else, he would be in jail by now. So let me address this. I know Randy Marin is not the topic of today's discussion, but let me address some of this. Randy Marin's brother, yes, went to jail. No two ways about it. Y'all know how I stand on that. I believe he got a hero's welcome. Y'all know that I did not agree with that because I said it at the time that it happened. If he was any other manion, y'all would not have been applauding him coming off that plane. And he would not have gone into a new job in the family business. But this is what position and prestige does get you. Even when you were a crook, even when you're a criminal, the man has paid his dues. But let's be honest, he came back to a hero's welcome. And I never agreed with it. And I stand before you today saying that even today, those comments that I made then then remain very much true. If that was some little kid from Windsor Park, where well, he not got the connections to get no job back in the family business and all this kind of stuff, y'all wouldn't have been so free to forget his past. So yes, we as Caymanians, as people tend to do that. I cannot say anything about Randy being a crook. Uh, This person is of the opinion that his brother could not have done all of that without his knowledge. Well, I also know that the brother and others allegedly were stealing from the family business. And when it came to Randy's attention, allegedly, he let it slide and didn't call the police. Everybody else would have had the police called on them without a doubt. Yes, that happens. When you got a crook in the family, well, it taints everybody, I suppose. Randy hasn't been paying his fees with C3, well, that's a matter of public record. Anybody can go and FOI that. That's also a true statement. Y'all know when Cayman 27 went belly up, Randy was trying to finagle the government into saving saving Cayman 27 and they didn't do so. I agreed with the government of the day's decision. And I say to you that a large portion of what happened with that was actually Randy's fault because he purchased a business that was going to fail no matter what he did. K-Man 27 was never profitable. And he had some pie in the sky idea about how he was going to make it profitable, but what it required happening, is that other people paid him for his local content and that never happened. You take a risk in business, you get it wrong, you lose. It is what it is. So the shutdown of Cayman 27 is firmly on Randy's shoulders. And I believe in nobody else for that. And how can you purchase a business and not pay fees in excess of two years? and then turn around and try to make an argument to say government should excuse your fees? Well, I'll tell you what. Star 92.7 is always late on their fees. And I say the same thing to them. Pay your damn fees or get out of the business. You can't be in business. If I don't pay my government fees, oh, as a matter of fact, I need to go find my annual turns. Can, can somebody remember remind me to do that after the show? I'm to have to pay late fees or I'm going to get delisted. The rules should apply to everyone. And you don't get to protest by not paying your government fees and then claim that you're doing so because you're protesting. That is not how it works. You protest in another way, but you better pay your government fees, your licensing fees. You get in there knowing what the fees were. So I completely agree with this person. Randy has done wrong things. Nobody not here saying that Randy's some perfect person, and he's a perfect Caymanian, and he's a perfect business person? That wouldn't be my narrative, not at all. He was business partners with John Felder. I think his father actually started with John Felder. And then Randy acquired it. Did Randy know how crooked John Felder is? Well, I would have to believe he knew some things But I also believe that Randy is one of those people that can turn a blind eye and just, oh, yeah, just let him run the business until things really start to hit the fan. And then you realize exactly how crooked John Felder is. So I think as things became more apparent to Randy when he started to have a more hands-on approach with the business, that's when he started to ask questions. And the relationship between him and John Felder eventually came to an end. John Felder tried to sell shares in a company where Randy was the majority shareholder and he didn't even have the shares to sell. I have seen the legal back and forth. I've seen the liquidators report. I've seen the documentation. So there's no doubt that John Felder was a crook for a very long time. I don't know how far it goes back. And we tried to expose some of that crookedness and that's what landed us in court. Well, praise the Lord, that all worked out. So this isn't, uh, oh, um, Randy's perfect and Chris Saunders isn't. That isn't what this is about. This is about just because Randy has maybe done things wrong, maybe gotten things wrong. He's had failed businesses. k 27 was not a success, right? He went and borrowed money from the Dart organization against a company that was already failing. To me, none of that makes any sense. That's stupid. You don't do that. So he made some poor choices. Some poor decisions, but does that mean that he's a racist? No. Does that mean that I should go around saying that because he's white and he has money and he's a business owner, that he's a racist? No. Does that mean that in this particular situation with Blue Water, that he didn't get it right? No. Go look at the Auditor General's report. He was contacted by government. They made a request of him, a procurement request. So sometimes government will narrow it down. They don't issue like a open procurement, right? They'll say, listen, we know that there are only so many people on this island that can deliver this type of service and they'll come to you specifically. I've had it happen to me before with media. Can you please provide us an RF, um, oh God, uh, RFP and an RFQ. So RFQ is for quote and then the other one is for proposal. So they might ask you to quote on a specific job and then you provide the quote, but it's, it's a bid because they'll ask other people on the island. And that's what happened here. And Randy won the bid, won the quote, I should say. And they said, okay, we're going to go with you. It's a contract. It is a, a contractual agreement. And once you agree to that contract, you cannot just renege on it for no reason. That's the issue here. I'm not talking holistically about somebody it says Randy's different character than Bryce. It's sad that someone would make that comment. Well, you know, you know, this came out so we all get painted. I got siblings that are crooks and some that are not. And unfortunately, we all have to suffer for the bad. Y'all know that, that that's how Caymanians are, you know. The, the first question a Caymanians is going to ask you when they meet you is, who you fa? Who your mama is, who your dad is, that's because they want to be able to judge you. They want to prejudge you. They don't know nothing about you yet. And when they hear that you're family to this one, or you're family to the Mac hmm or you're a Solomon, this and that, and it works both ways. If your family to a good person who has a good character, people give you a chance, sometimes a chance that you do not even deserve. But they're like, oh, but her mama was a good woman, you know? She worked in a hotel with me for 25 years. Yeah, man, she honest. And then they find out that you crooked as they come. Somebody said, let's not forget now that there's a relationship between Wayne Panton and, and, um, and this is where it comes full circle for Chris, that Wayne and Randy are shareholders in both C3 and clean gas. Yes, absolutely. Now Wayne Panton is not involved, although he's a shareholder, He's not involved in the runnings of C3. So I don't know how much he knows about what's going on over there. And maybe this, again, is where some of the bad blood comes in. Chris don't like Randy. Him and and we are friends, business partners, whatever. So maybe by extension, some of that is rubbing off as well. It doesn't mean that you allow civil servants to agree to a contract and then you come in as a political force and try to undo that without a valid reason. And it can't just be that you don't like Randy Marin. It can't just be that you think Randy Marin's a crook. You gotta do better than that. You gotta come better. Mm -mm. That's not how it works. So this situation now, this allegation, with the DART organization is a very serious allegation. I'm a bit surprised that somebody could make an allegation like that without understanding what the fallout of that would be. Especially if you say it to the head of the anti-corruption unit. Because guess what? You said it, now they have to carry out an investigation. And with them carrying out an investigation, you have to provide a statement. You said they tried to bribe you. What do you mean by that? Provide a statement and provide why you would say that and what's the evidence and blah, blah, blah. Here's the problem. He said it and then refused to assist in the investigation. How can you be a minister of government? right? An MP that is all about transparency, accountability, and all this kind of stuff. And you make, you drop a bomb. The dark organization has tried to bribe you in relation to this regen project. The anti-corruption unit begins an investigation. You are the complainant. And then you do nothing to support that investigation? How can that be possible? Something is wrong here for Chris to have made such a statement lightly and not understand the full implications of it. You cannot make such serious allegations and not be prepared to back it up. Especially to the people you made it to. So what we know is that an investigation was launched on the basis of statements solely made by Christopher Saunders. Hmm. And he then refused to provide a shred of evidence. And there are people who will say to you, he refused to provide a shred of evidence because there is none. This is just another, you know, you just rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tat off at the mouth. Oh, this person idiot, this person I tried to, they tried to bribe me, you know? What the hell? And the investigation has been closed. So what went down yesterday, the governor's office was like we cannot have a minister of government going out there making serious allegations against people, allegations of criminal activity. False accusations. Unwilling to, ex- to you know, you say it, you, you, you're bold enough to say it, but then unwilling to assist in the investigative and prosecutorial if something had come to that. You are the deputy governor of this country. You have responsibilities. And none of that happened. And you think the governor is going to allow you to continue to sit, in a leadership position in this country? You have got to be out of your mind. Oh no, no, honey child. It can't go so. You have to be careful. Mm -hmm. I don't know, boy. No, sir. This is very, very serious, you know. They get a degree of parliamentary privilege. You know, when they're in parliament, they be slinging their words and saying all kinds of stuff and whatever. But folks, um, my apologies. Do I keep saying DG? Not DG, DP, Deputy Premier. My apologies to France Anderson this morning. The title's so close, my brain, getting them mixed up. But let's be very, very clear, folks. There is a lot that went in to why he was removed from cabinet yesterday. It's not a singular thing. Somebody was talking about how deep is that rabbit hole. Let me get to some of your comments now. My apologies, I wanted to take some time to really kind of lay the foundation properly. And I know a lot of you have been commenting, so let me go back now to some of these. We have Johan in the house, honey Well, You know he always here for the SUS. He says, Auntie Sandy, respectfully, let's be objective today, and own in modern-day Cayman some real issues that exist, including bigotry, discrimination, tokenism, colorism, Caymanian, pigmentocracy, nepotism, abuse of power at all levels, double standards, misrepresentation of the facts, in the pursuit of power, a.k.a. politics. Well, I hope, Johan, that I've made my my position very, very clear. I'm not saying that those things do not exist. Uh, What I'm saying is to a large extent, um, I am willing to accept that these could be somewhat isolated situations. And that for the most part Caymanians and non-Caymanians operate on an understanding that, you know, you're you're more likely to be discriminated against because you're a Caymanian, not because of the color of your skin. And I don't think that anybody in the political arena should be out there pushing this narrative that um, everybody's racist, uh, whether they are or they're not. You can't just go around calling people racist because you feel like it. Now, if they've engaged in behavior or said things that you can use to support that, you might have a discussion. Like I said, I give you the example of, of man Prep. Okay, we can come back to them in, in a little bit, not in today's discussion, but soon. Because they don't seem to know how to handle their situation. Johan goes on to say politicians at every level, even in political parties all over the world, have disagreements and some are made public and have personality clashes. Well, yes, there's nothing spectacular about that um he goes on to say so now they have to focus and produce after this cabinet reshuffle it happens all the time in politics around the world politics is a contact sport and people get their feelings hurt and disagreements lead to tough decisions all right right, Mr. george samuels good morning good sir how are you first time i've seen george on here welcome to the program he's he says, what a beautiful Whopper. I'm tempted to go and buy one, but I think I'll pass this time. Building a brand takes a lot, but the investment often pays off. Kudos to Burger King for building their <laughs> brand. He's being tempted here this morning. Yes, sir. Um, but welcome, 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 George. Johan again in the comment section. People fear you. That's why you don't, well, that's why you don't really challenged. What the hell does that mean? I uh, re-rewrite that, Johan. That one don't make no grammatical sense. Yeah, me confused. Um, Anthony, good morning, Anthony. He says, "If you tell me Chris Saunders is Jamaican, that's why he vexed. low key." I get it. <laughs> we all know Caymanians don't like Jamaicans, especially the old timers. Um, you know, Anthony, I don't even want to kind of go down that rabbit hole because that one's pretty deep. But um, I don't even think that that's the case. I think. Caymanians have a love-hate relationship with Jamaicans, and it is, um, uh, it's too complex for me to digest today. I i, I, I can't even go there. Um, I feel like I, yeah, that's, that's not for today. What I would say is, um, you know, I've said to you all what people have um, expressed in terms of concerns with Chris um, and voting for him. And yet people still gave him a chance. I wanna be very, very careful and make sure y'all understand that people still gave Chris a chance. People still said, we believe that he is for the average person, whether you are Jamaican, Caymanian or whatever. So let's vote him in and give him an opportunity. Everton says, some of us think that white folks are the problem and some of us Uh, our problems to our own people, not white folks. And I can tell you from experience, I get burnt by black folks, not white people. So with my business, my preferential is is to work for white people. I never get burnt by white people. Um, And again, for me, you know, anybody has the potential to uh, be a good business person or not. And sometimes it's ironic, as Everton has said, that it ends up being your own people. They're the ones who were hurting you, and the other people gave you an opportunity that you might have been unfairly judging. Miss Charlene, good morning. She says, Ween Panton is a humble, intellectual, kind hearted Caymanian that has always had his country's interests at heart, and that's why they discriminate and stigmatize against him, my personal opinion. Um, And again, folks, you know, everyone is certainly entitled uh, to their own opinion, and and you, you take people. Um, how you find them, to be quite honest, right? And I, you know, if that's how you find Mr. Panton, then I gave some examples of why a lot of people would find him to be a very humble person. It does not mean that like all of us, he might not have that ego that sometimes raises its ugly head. And quite frankly, this is why you have um, procedures in place legally when it comes to the political arm but no matter how out of hand politicians want to get, you're always, you're always able to check them so the people can check them and put them back in place. That code of conduct is important for more reasons than one. We have some constitutional protections and provisions in place, but sometimes the constitutional provisions just are not enough. Christopher, good morning, sir, says, what is color of one's skin? Haven't the graveyard taught us that we are dust. Give me education, love, respect, and intelligence over color. Live on black, white, yellow, or brown. Live on black, white, yellow, brown. Yes. Uh, Joy Thompson, sorry, Jade Thompson says Chris thought he was untouchable. <laughs> Nobody, Nobody's untouchable. Curtis in the house. Good morning, Curtis from the BRAC. Big shout out to your BRAC listeners. Thank you. Says that Chris is not the only one that carries on at the airport. Ask FAD security about how a minister went on in the black last Saturday when he had to remove his shoes while the governor was taking his off. So, of course, Curtis is talking about the minister of transport, no longer transport, but tourism, and the Port Authority, Kenneth Bryan. I only know that that's who Curtis is talking about because he posted it on his social media page, and I saw it. Um... Again, folks, I warn all MPs and people in a certain position. We are all subjected to the same laws in this country. And so, listen. Do I enjoy going through security? No. I I despise it when I travel. I'm a germaphobe. I don't like to take off my shoes. Um. First of all, I can't wear. I can't walk barefoot even in my own house. So, if you ever come to my house, you know I have house slippers multiple pairs that I wear inside. Cause I'm not supposed to, it's doctor's orders. I can't walk barefoot. Um, I don't walk barefoot in the airport cause I think it's disgusting. Nobody ever cleans that carpet. So I travel with my little blue boot, uh, booties. You know, the ones that they were in the surgical ward. I have bought them by the pound and I pack them in my travel bag. And when I travel, I take them out and I put them on my feet. And I walk through security, when I come out, I take them off and I throw it in the garbage. Because your, your carpet full of germs that nobody's properly cleaning, because 24 seven, that airport is open. And I don't want your germs on my sho- my shoes or my feet or whatever. But I still go through security. Even if I do super grudgingly, I the people just doing their jobs. They pull me aside, miss, we found some liquid in here. I'm like, oh, damn it. I forgot to take out my water bottle. Now they got to out my brand new water bottle. That happened to me the other day, and I was like, oh, they're like, oh, you can go all the way back out. I said, forget it. We're not gonna no time for that yes, so today. I don't know. Curtis said he saw the minister going on away about taking off his shoes. Ministers and MPs, please be aware that everybody is watching you, even when you think they are not watching you. Yes. And your attitude, maybe maybe the minister had a rough day and he was taking it out on the wrong people and it wasn't really even about the shoes. I don't know. The point is people are watching you. You signed up for this. So when you sign up for this, be mindful of your behavior. I've said it before to these MPs, sometimes people are purposely trying to set you up. And if you don't get that by now, try so come out of politics now. You're not ready. You understand? You have to be prepared to live with transparency. Miss Anne says the Premier ignored a lot of disrespectful behavior. L. Ray, we read that comment before. Thank you. Siobhan says, unfortunately, when most people get into certain positions of power, ego and power, et cetera, go to their heads, and they change. Well, I think that what it does is it brings out what has always been inside of you, which I think all human beings have these different elements to them. So it's possible. You just gotta check yourself. And if you don't check yourself, the people will check you. Miss Dorothy says, bellyful full this morning. Yes, sir. The cow card swinging today, says Cameron. What a hot mess. Johan says public malfeasance incompetence and failing to carry out their duties bans policy directives that was a question <laughs> El rey says see me but come and live with me boy that's a good saying my aunt always used to say that she say so you look at people and you you don't know what you you don't know what you're dealing with you know she said trust me come see me and come and live with me are two very different things you better believe it Perla says, I'm wondering what will the next election day look like? We have too much nonsense going on. Well, we got a little bit of time left to suss that out. We'll see. Um, Cameron says, imagine if someone had put IGA milk in his coffee. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Melody, good morning. Melody says, sometimes power makes a man stupid and ridiculous facts of life. Gabby, good morning, says, yes, I worked walkers when I graduated high school. And man, let me tell you, some of these lawyers would have their secretaries in tears, having nervous breakdowns, no respect. Yes. Um, Nobody ever really tried me at walkers, but because I wasn't really there for very long. I had just returned to the island. But Maples, I had a partner try me. And um, I had to tell him not today, Bobo. Miss Brenda. Says, amen, San. Respect is earned, not given. Kaboom. Um, Johan again. Johan, you're not getting no work done today, not true. Johan says, Auntie Sandra, I thought you and MP Saunders were friends. Try so come get your role case so you can't mash me up if I ever <laughs> make you upset. I hope you understand, Johan, that this is not about friendship. You put country before anything. I would say almost anything, but not family. Look out for your family first and do right by your family because you can't build a country if you destroyed your own families in the sense that you have to do your part being a good parent and so on. Right? Some of these politicians, they're trying to build country, but they can't even keep things straight in their own households. But I want you all to understand me that as a friend, I love you like a brother and that means that I have to be prepared to set you straight. Nobody is your friend. When they allow you to get away with murder, those people are not your friends. Those people will ultimately see you fall and then sit back and say, yeah, I told you so, you know. I was trying to tell him, but he wouldn't listen to me. Meanwhile, you were enjoying the fruits. I've said this to Mr. Bush. I said, Makiva, these people that you're calling your friends that know you have a problem with alcohol and still going out drinking with you, making you get ignorant and belligerent, and then you act a fool. They're not your friends. They're there for the free drink that you're going to offer them. CE Bank says respect is earned if you can't buy that or common sense in a supermarket. Sorry, you can't buy that or common sense in a supermarket. If you could, supermarkets would be open 24-7, 365. Not today, Bobo. Not today, Bobo. Good morning, sir.
4: Buenos dias.
2: Buenos dias.
4: Um, <laughs> wow, what a day.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, one of the thoughts that came to my mind is that um, in 2008, when I was trying to get the power to of the right of the people to recall um their um elected member um we still need to get that done that still needs to be put Speak in the up just a
2: tad for me denny you're coming in a little bit soft <laughs> this morning
4: what oh. you say and is that better
3: yeah
4: okay uh-huh. i said that in uh we still need to get the Uh, right of the people to recall their MP put into the uh, constitution order. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: Because the next time it might be worse. Mm -hmm. And we need to have the power to do something about it. Mm -hmm. If, depending on what the circumstances is, which I might not be able to um, describe today, because we just don't know yet. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the thoughts that came to my mind is uh, I wish that civil servants would not be afraid of politicians mm. and actually know their rights and stand their ground.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, you'd you'd be surprised. Fully...
8: You'd be
2: surprised how many of them are legitimately afraid. Though, I have had. Let me put this in context. Not related to this situation, right? I have a civil servant who who says that she was raped by a sitting mp many many years ago before they're an mp and she is afraid to even speak on that now all these years later because civil servants believe that these mps have the power of life and death within their hands pretty much
4: and they don't when okay. they don't that's the, that's the worst part about it
7: mm-hmm. um
4: I'm going to call out a friend of mine today Mm -hmm. um, for a good deed that he attempted to do a long time ago, but was prevented from doing it. Mm -hmm. His name is Bilak Samamba. And he had an ambition to be able to teach uh, civil servants and the public generally, if they wanted it, um, about administrative law. Because if civil servants properly understood the environment that they operate within and the rights that they have and how to go through the processes of holding politicians accountable, they would not be as scared as they are. Mm. And this harms us all because look at how far things have had to go for something to be done. And you contrast that within the UK and they make one simple sentence and they have to resign Hmm. because it's just not tolerated. Mm -hmm. And and there has to be some good outcomes out of this experience. And I think one of them is that um, all civil servants need to get, do a course an administrative law, in which they know their rights and can do something about it,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and not feel afraid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that I, I, I really didn't like a press briefing
3: mm-hmm. in
4: which the press was not allowed to ask mm-hmm, questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Over this is a serious matter. This is not. Oh. We have a disagreement about what color the wall is painted mm-hmm. okay, and the public should have been able to get an insight into this mm-hmm. from the government in their own words via the 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 media mm. them all they needed to do if instead of having that press briefing yesterday is to put a picture along with their press briefing, and that would have been it. But I'm not recommending that. I'm just saying that's what it amounted to. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: Um, The the press should have been able to ask questions. And if we want to be taken seriously as a country, it's with good governance. And I heard you say that the governor didn't want this information revealed. I don't think it's good governance that this not be revealed.
2: Well, to, to be clear... The information he didn't want revealed is how he was being personally attacked by the deputy premier on several occasions. In... I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah. I mm-hmm. know. I understand that. I'm just saying that I, I hear that, but uh, I don't think that's good governance. I'm just disagreeing with what is good governance. Mm-hmm. We should know because, because if it is allowed to fester for periods of time longer than it ought to, what's the probability that it will get better mm-hmm. not in that's this is not in our interest
3: mm-hmm.
4: and so and and so i i think we need to ask ourselves what lessons need to be learned here and how can we prevent and um discourage mm-hmm. this type of behavior going forward
2: thank you Carla appreciate it i
4: think i what uh, no one one more thing, uh, okay. one more thing. The code of conduct needs to be put into law, <laughs> because right now uh, it's voluntary. All and right. You, you, when, when, you can, when you can suspend or choose not to implement something on your own, that's not the same level of accountability as when the law kicks in and then you're held accountable. Mm-hmm.
2: So Thank you for okay. that, caller. 936, right. we just had another call, but um, call back. 936, Bobo is his telephone number. Uh, they were calling on WhatsApp and so was Denny. So unfortunately I can't do two WhatsApp calls at the same time. Here's a WhatsApp message. Someone says, this behavior is what he used to do at HSBC. The women used to get all kinds of loans but they had to sleep with him first, Lord Jesus. I hope that that not true. Um, I know that man had to wait on um, Saunders to find his operation. I know that if that man had to wait on Saunders to find, to fund his operation, he would have been dead. Kenneth's ego trip getting out of hand now. Good luck to all the kids participating at the Inter Secondary Sports Day today and Friday. All right, caller. Good morning. Welcome to the program.
6: Yeah. Good morning, Sander. Yes, sir. here uh, this morning, mm-hmm. as always. Yeah, uh, along the lines of what Dana was talking about just now. Mm-hmm. When are we going to get an official statement of what happened? Not even from the premier, but. But from the governor. I, I don't, mean, I don't, I don't is, think you're gonna get one, total, to be honest. Yeah, but this is total, okay. That's great. That's what I figured too. This is total disrespect to the Kaman people. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? What about the people that vote in in Chris Sanders' constituency? Uh? Mm-hmm. I mean, he don't he don't have to, he don't if if he want, he could give a statement you know? If he want, I'm just saying that that the that the, that the pressure isn't on him. The pressure lies lies now on the on the on the governor and on the premier to let the country know what's going on. I mean, mm-hmm. was this was this an act of corruption? You you listed a number of things, then you stated a number of things. We got mm-hmm. to out the truth from 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 the lies or whatever, mm-hmm. or maybe they're all true. But mm-hmm. what actually occurred, we should the, the Cayman people should be given that information in a, in a in a in an official statement by the government. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Because this man. This, uh, Okay, Chris, Chris Sanders is the number one, number one, number one uh is the is the number one politician for that for Bordentown West, right? So mm-hmm. we're gonna stop him from winning again. If 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 something happens after corruption happened, well the people should should know. Don't wait till election time now and then and then start a month but sling again. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying, let bring it all bring out the truth so the people would know, so that, that the next time election come around, we would know if we could we could vote or we we not we're not gonna know. Or mm-hmm. we don't vote for for, for for him. Some of us voted for him. You know what I mean. So mm-hmm. we deserve we deserve better better than this. Is what I'm saying. This is this is total undermining, undermining of the Cayman people. And mm-hmm. we're being treated like 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 children and a bunch of naive people that don't deserve to know nothing. We gotta run this country how we want. This is mm-hmm. coming like like China or something. About. You know we do want to tell on what, what we feel Like telling on it. you know that isn't that isn't an attitude. Yep. You know, so it, it's enough on the governor and the premier to, to make an official statement. Well, this is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. It was an act of corruption. If the police got get involved, the police got get involved and, mm-hmm. and, and 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 carry it and enforce the law. Just mm-hmm. like how they got to do with mr mr. McGeewa Bush. It's the same thing. So yes. let us know what happened. You know? Yeah. You are okay then all right, later.
2: Thank you, my dear. Appreciate it. I think a lot of people um, definitely share this caller sentiment. I had people messaging me saying, yes, this is what I'm saying as well. I think that why it won't happen, and this, again, I agree with the sentiments that how the um, State of the Union or whatever the heck they were calling that session yesterday, I do think that the Premier got bad advice on how to deliver the message of the reshuffling of Cabinet. I think from the Premier's perspective, and maybe this is... I don't know how to describe this, but I think he does not want to make what he probably sees as a bad situation any worse by going down this rabbit hole. Somebody said, damn, how many rabbits and, and how how deep does a rabbit hole go? It is a lot. I have said a lot this morning. So for us to get where we are, because somebody else said, well, what what was the the straw that broke the camel's back? I say to you, that it was a culmination of all of this stuff and more and more. But for the premier to sit down and have this discussion with you, my God, he'd probably get nothing else done first and foremost. And secondly, it is just easier for them to summarize and to say that they had their differences. And the differences is all of this that we've discussed this morning and more. You understand? He's he's happy to, and I, I honestly believe again, there was no issues with Chris Saunders' performance in the sense of him as minister, the, the books and the you know, that part of it. It's all the other stuff, which is largely about a person's personality, the lack of respect for people, how you talk to people, the the lack of you know, really communic- good communication skills and people's skills and making accusations are not true, but you think you can just throw it out there, you know, then that launched an investigation and time wasted by the ACC. I mean, all of it, all of it, it's a lot. And I think, honestly, if Wayne Panton sat down and talked about all this, y'all would be like, what the hell? And yet they are still charged with trying to focus on the people's job Maybe it's no wonder they haven't been able to get certain things done because there are people who are in this administration with the wrong agenda and they have been distracting themselves and the rest of the cabinet members and the rest of the government instead of focusing on the people's business. All this stuff serves as a distraction and it's not right. You understand? So I suspect The the premier will never sit down and tell y'all all all this stuff. He's not going to confirm it or deny it or get into it. He's moving on this morning uh, as a unified group, trying to keep everybody else on track. And there's certain other members who are still in there who are very childish and they have some of the same traits. And so I beg them to please work on behalf of the people of the Cayman Islands and put all of this foolishness aside. Because at some level, it's a lot of foolishness, but it's very concerning foolishness. RD says the truth is like a colonoscopy. It's uncomfortable, but necessary. CE Bank says, um, sounds to me like we need to start a sweep. Sorry, we need to start a total sweep Outcome next election, a clean sweep. Salvin says, How deep is the rabbit hole and how many rabbits are in the hole? No, huh. sir. Cameron says, I wonder how much ears are ringing this morning. What that play again? Cameron also says that the rabbit hole needs a GPS. Michael, good morning, sir. Mr. Nemhard says, no sus, Sandra, throwing some serious left and right jabs this morning. And, you know, it is a difficult thing um, to, to do this because, like I said, some of these people I've known and I like certain parts of who they are. Some parts I don't like and I don't like what I'm hearing. But, you know, it is difficult to stand here and to have these conversations. But. RD, thank you for giving me that analogy of a colonoscopy. It's necessary. Uncomfortable, but necessary. Yeah. Melanie says, sometimes you have to be very studied to obtain a position. There are people who are already born with that gift of intelligence and no man can take it away, but it's God's blessing. There are many who have doctorates and master's degrees and don't have any and don't know anything that I know for a fact. And that is a very true statement as well. And I think that's why a lot of our people have managed to, to get elected despite not even some of them not even completing high school. But the more we move into the necessity to understand, um, not just, you know, kick about politics, but understand our place in the world structure in the Caribbean and so on. Um, this lady, Miss Marla, oh gosh, Karam, I think is her name from Trinidad. She spoke last week at the um, Economic Outlook, and man, so much stuff that she said hit home. But you know what? Her comments are based on data. She doesn't draw conclusions just out of the sky. And she said, your immigration policies are based on what? Because I've not been able to obtain the data. It's not available. And the Minister of Tourism, not immigration policies, tourism policies, my apologies, The Minister of Tourism, Kenneth Bryan, to his credit, was sitting there and asked her, you know, a couple of questions. But you have to say to yourself, how are we formulating an entire policy, an entire initiative about tourism and blah, 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 when we have just been told that we don't even have the information on which to base decisions? You see, the benefit of an education isn't having a piece of paper, you know, Because anybody can get that. People cheat their ways through school to get that piece of paper. It's about the process that you go through. The understanding that in order for you to get to point A to point Z, which is your decision, along the way, you should be looking for things that support that decision in a meaningful way. Now, you don't need a formal education, or a piece of paper to do that. You know who understands that more than anybody else? Business owners. Somebody said to me yesterday, these MPs have never ran a business in their lives. Some have ran failing businesses, so they don't know what it is to run a successful business. So they've never gotten the formula right. I say some of them can't even run their own households right. And yet we put them in a position to lead a country. Although we're small, but still multi-million dollar departmental budgets and they can't even budget for themselves on a personal level. Unemployed haven't had a decent job in their lives. So all I'm begging the people, the good voting public is you need to start looking at some of the other criteria. TT says, true caller, tell the people now. Carmelie says, this caller is speaking the truth. Darlene says, vote for a dress that mock stick next time in the in the next election. Oh, Lord have mercy. C.E. Banks says, what us Caymanian voters need to do is start protesting because this is totally out of control. Miss Carol, good morning. Carol Bragg says, the refusal to answer media questions yesterday speaks volumes. I honestly believe that somebody misguided, and I believe it was the civil servants, they misguided. And even I was confused because I'm in the media group and they're like, oh yeah, there's going to be a Zoom link and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, okay, you know, we'll get a chance to answer questions. No, there's not going to be any questions, but you can send your questions and we'll answer them later on. I was like, huh? So why am I attending this Zoom session? That doesn't make any sense. Why were there no questions? You shouldn't, I don't, I can't defend that because it makes no sense. I think, listen, if you're a politician and you're being advised by so-called communications experts, you better try and check their qualifications too. Nobody in their right mind believes that that was the right decision yesterday. Nobody has said, oh, that was good to do. Someone else has sent this with a comment. Let me put this up on screen. Um, They said, uh, give me one second here. Let me pull up the, read their comment as well. Um, Okay. This one says, read this and think about the DP's actions with the canceling of the Blue Water contract and tell me what you think. If he was such a smart fellow, he would have sought legal advice from government's lawyers before making such a foolish move. However, it seems that from your show this morning, he hasn't gotten any wiser and his arrogance and egotism has only gotten more pronounced. I hope BT West disposes of him come next election. And the comment that's on the screen comes from the, it's section seventeen one of the anti-corruption law, the 2019 revision. And it says a public officer or a member of the legislative assembly who does not or directs to be done in abuse of the authority of his office, any arbitrary act prejudicial to the rights of another commits an offense and is liable on summary conviction to imprisonment for a term of two years. Um, I think that has been revised now. Isn't it a term of more than that? Um. So Jonathan says, are we sure those book accounts are right? Well, you know, um, Jonathan, it's the um, the civil servants that are actually doing the work for the most part, right? So, um, yes, I think 90% right. Vicky says, surprise, Kenneth Bryan didn't call in this morning to set the record straight. When his name was calling, he loved his people to know the facts. <laughs> Vicky's having a laugh. Um... Boy, take your time. Take your time, honey. Chill. Dean says those who hide the truth is just as bad as those who committed the act. <sighs> mm-hmm. Uh. Salvin says I agree that there should have been there shouldn't have been any questions. These are sensitive issues that I believe would be detrimental to the country when the minister of finance is involved. Hmm. Interesting. Different perspective. Sandra says too many uneducated in our government. This is one of the biggest problems facing this government. Mm. Hot tamales, let's read some WhatsApp messages. Let me go through some of these. Um this person says an RFI first request for information to qualify. Yeah, this wasn't um a full um RF This was a this is a request for a quote from from what the auditor general's report says. Um, okay. Uh, this one, this person says, thank God for CMR. And the day before somebody saw him walking just fine. Talk about Makiva Bush now, girl, I can't even get a bathroom break this morning. It's hot. So, um, somebody else sent me the picture of Makiva. They must not have heard me mention it. This person says, "I always say the only one, the only thing worse than an uneducated fool is an educated one." <laughs> Touche. Um. Okay. Somebody says you're spot on fire. This person says, "Friends, um, it's a Machiavellian personality." Don't forget the video that ha- that his own nephew made saying what a pos he was as well. When she, when he introduced him as the real Christopher Selvin Saunders. I call this uh, S. Right as the election finished and they started. Um, they go on to say that he's a Jamaican. Uh, he's a damn Jamaican who got more in life than he ever expected. Um, you went there, damn. These are a number of comments. Make that had been me, he would have one ground slap. So, um You know, again, I want to be very, very respectful. This is not about Caymanians versus Jamaicans or whatever. We have our own people, our own homegrown politicians. And I believe that Chris Saunders is a homegrown politician, despite his Jamaican ancestry or whatever. But even some who are multi-generational, who have done far worse and who put us to shame. And so um, I don't really want that to be the focal point here. The focal point is politicians must behave themselves. They must be professional. They must act in a particular manner. And if you're not up for the job, simply do not run for politics. And the people will start to know and not vote you in. This person says, take a deep breath, honey child. You're doing great. Keep on that same level. Don't don't let the blood pressure blow. No, no, no. Blood pressure, good, my honey child. Took my tablet last night. Um, someone else sent an article from CMR, Touche, um, Kane Vest Bank fined by CIMA, MLA, Chris Saunders, managing director. And, um, I had forgotten all about that, honeychill. They said, don't forget this happened under his watch's MD, failure to comply with four AML requirements. Ooh, y'all hot today, boy. I tell you what. Okay, Manion's not forgetting too much yet now. Uh-uh. What mess. Um, this person said, I'm watching your show. I can't believe what I'm hearing. That's who I voted for. Lord Jesus. When it sets in, sometimes it's not real. Um, Somebody say, I also hear that Kathy is in the mix. I, I, I don't know what her issue would be. She got what she wanted, which is Speaker of the house. So please go take several seats. Somebody says, amen about prep. <laughs> If that was a person of color or Cayman that forgot to pay at Lloyd's would have been a different narrative. And hashtag inferior complex. Yes, sir. Um somebody else says, sorry, but that press briefing was a total waste of time. Why weren't you guys allowed to ask any questions and get answers? This did not sit well with the people. Hopefully the premier's gotten the message this morning. Don't run nothing like that again, please. I don't know who told you that was a good idea, but it was a horrible idea. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, Another person says, thank you for discussing what really is the cold, hard truth. We do not need race division in our country. We are divided enough without that. Unity, unify us, not divide us. Color is insignificant. Survival is what is important. And we're all trying to do that, honey chow. Somebody says, I'm happy that <laughs> I can't use that word in the radio. So and so is gone. He's a dangerous and horrible human being. Best decision we never made. Lord Jesus. Y'all really coming out this morning. Um no, sir. So, Hell oh yeah. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Let me see what all other comments we got, honey chill quite a few here. Um, this person says we as voters need to stop reelecting the same fools and expect a different result. All this time, all this first timers, all this first timers needs to go. Kenneth is at sports day. Saw him venting to Andre, <laughs> which Andre, Andre, the minister. I was, I was poor him still bitter because he not DP. Somebody said, recommended reading, patronage, personalities, and parties. Commanding politics from 1950 to 2000. Um, who wrote this book, Honey Child? Um, and where can I get a copy? Do they have it available at the bookstore? That one looks well read. Uh, this other person says, these childish members coming for him too. He better don't let his guard down, speaking to Wayne Panton. Um uh I don't this is kind of um, um okay. Oh this one says good morning, Sandy. You're a superstar. I ah, so vexed I can't call in. <laughs> You're spot on. That's why I said to call him so the people can hear for themselves. Preach, Sandy, preach. Make it so that I can call in. Ah, oh, can't get into any more trouble. <laughs> but your truth is so necessary. Let people know how to behave. Um. Oh, this person says, Sandy, I found a job for myself, seeing that they don't want me back to work. I can go be a therapist for the MPs. <laughs> Poor Jesus, that's funny. Clean, sweet, with the exception of Andre. Somebody says he's qualified, classy, educated, K-Manian, dis dignified, and humbled. Another person says, I'm trying to make sense of all of this nonsense. It's very unsettling hearing all of what CS has been up to. Yes, sir. What a mess. Ay, ay, ay. Anyway, folks, um. That's what I got for you. And uh, Lord Jesus, I can't with some of y'all. Oh, this is a book by Roy Barton. Oh, honey child, we better add that to our book reading list. We're still trying to look for a sponsor for that in our youth program. I, it's a hot mess. It is really, really something else. Ms. Darlene says, please, please call Minister Saunders on the phone now on your show. Um, we do have to end the program. Oh, we got a caller. Hold on. Maybe this is him. Good uh, morning, caller. Welcome to the program.
5: Good morning, Sandy. I'm interested in today as usual. Thank you, sir. Um, this, this is, a, this is a, a joke that is about politics, but it's so true and it's been around for a while. hmm a teenager said to his father, Dad, what is politics? Father replied, think of it this way. I make all the money, so let's call me capitalism. Your mother takes care of the money, mm-hmm. so let's call her the government. You are the people. Your brother is the future. The nanny is the working class. Mm-hmm. The night before you go to sleep, think about what was said. The boy wakes up in the middle of the night and hears his brother cry in, mm-hmm. And he goes to his brother's room and sees him brother full of poop. Um mm-hmm. uh, says, I'm not going to deal with this, so he goes to his parents' room, the dad isn't there, and he... Hello?
2: Yes, sir. Mm-hmm.
5: Um, he goes to his, his parents' room, his dad isn't there, his mom is fast asleep, <clears throat> and he can't rouse her. He goes to the nanny's room, and the door is locked, so he peeks through the keyhole and see what the the uh, daddy was doing. So he decided there is nothing much I can do about that. The next morning he was asked by his father, son, what do you think about politics? The son replied, Well capitalism is screwing the working class, the government is fast asleep, the people are being ignored, and the future is full of deep shit.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. Touche, touche. What a mess. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, my dear.
5: All right. I need it, I know after after a hard. Yes. Uh-huh, no. you got you yeah, You gotta Yeah.
2: I appreciate it.
5: Okay. Okay. You think right, honey, have a good one. Okay, All right, bye. Folks,
2: um, appreciate that. 936-2626. Any further calls? Let's go ahead and start to uh wrap up the program just a bit here this morning. Um, did I miss any others, Child? Because I was I was not looking at the phone. This doesn't quite ring like it should. All right. Um, oh yes. One more. Let me check the, um, we have multiple WhatsApp. So let me check the one now for the show. So, um, this person says, good morning, Sandy. Chris mother is a Caymanian of a Cayman Brac mother. His dad was Jamaican now deceased. Thank you for clarifying that. Oh, he got brat connections. There you go. Caymanian with a brat mother. Yes. All right. Make sure we get it right. Um, somebody said, good morning, Sandy. Didn't he mess up at HSBC? I don't know anything about that. Obviously HSBC closed for other reasons. Um, and it is what it is. So um, someone says, Sandy, March 2023 will go down in history for CMR. Um, I am happy to see that he was fired and he does not belong in Cayman politics. I never trusted him and felt he always had an agenda. He needs to move to um, Jamaica and run for office there. Oh, gosh. Good riddance. And maybe now the PAC government can move on and be a productive and cohesive party Great day for K-Man. Wow. Y'all are not skinning no Titna this morning. Someone says he's lucky he wasn't reported and charged for abuse of power, abuse of office. My apologies. Um mm, mm, mm. all right, folks. Gotta go. I got a meeting and I got other stuff that I must get done. So um one final quote, somebody said. Um, Let me just share this one with you. Oh, yes. So someone shared this, and then we're going to go ahead and add in the program this morning. Here we go. Quote Mandela quotes, uh, when you are at the top, be careful of the monster called pride. Pride will make you look down on the people who haven't attained your level of success. When you're at the bottom, be careful of the monster called bitterness. Oh, I like this. Bitterness will make you jealous and think that other people are the reason you haven't made it. When you're on the way to the top, be careful of the monster called greed. Greed will make you impatient and make you steal or seek shortcuts. Mm, mm, mm. When you're on your way down, be careful of the monster called despair. Despair will make you think it's all over, yet there is still hope. Wow. Some powerful words from Nelson Mandela. Thank you so much um, for our listeners. I see people asking me to address the scope of Kathy Wilt's involvement. Folks, we will have to leave that for another day. Appreciate all of your um, contributions this morning, folks. appreciate you um, giving me an opportunity to break down some of this for you. And all I can tell you is um, stay tuned. I'm sure that there's more to come. Chris Saunders, I believe will either directly or indirectly, um, you know, um, bring the house down if he has to. And so we'll see what he has to say. Mr. Saunders, uh, the premier, all MPs, you are always welcome, always welcome. We got an open door policy around here, honey child come on the program. Tell us your side of the story, right? Whatever it is that you have to say, tell us. We're interested. We're curious. Um, You can feel free. And um, we will let the people hear what you have to say. Uh, Miss Vernita says, woe to him who builds a town with bloodshed, who establishes city by inequity. That sounds like a Bible verse to me. Another person says, I'm happy that Wayne put the brakes on him. I've known Wayne Panton for practically all of my life, and he's a kind, humble, caring, patient, and level-headed person. He was too patient with these rabble-rousers. Glad he's now drawing the string. Pack may now be able to accomplish some good things with Chris gone. I hope the others that followed Chris take heed and stop their crap. We shall leave it on that word right there. Thank you guys so very much. Um, again, um, thank you very much is all I can say. I am humbled by what I do here and the opportunity that I have to bring some information to you, the people when we can't get it from any other place. Um, I have a responsibility and I do take this responsibility folks very, very seriously. I appreciate your support. Every time I see you, I appreciate your kind words please be blessed. Um, stay tuned for some words. Let me download it, first of all, for our news buzz, which we air every single day. Kevin Watler works on this every single day, Monday to Friday for us to make sure that everyone is um, up, to, kept up to date with the latest headlines. Really appreciate you, Kevin, and all the other members of the CMR team, because I do not do this alone. I have people um, that do different things that really allow me, quite frankly, to focus on preparing for like the show and other things. So uh, m- much appreciation. We had at one point almost 800 people. Um, Alberto's asking what accomplishments were made by his ministry? What are the plans to complete unfinished task? Also, what does the new minister plan to accomplish moving forward? We'll put those questions. I'm not sure if the premier is coming on this Thursday for premier access. I think he is due this week. Let's see. You know, this is not an easy job. Nobody gave you premiership saying it was going to be easy, right? It's very stressful and it is what it is. All right, folks, um, have a beautiful day and um, until tomorrow, God bless.
8: Hello, I'm Kevin Wattler and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. Here's a summary of some of Cayman's latest headlines. Deputy Premier and Bodentown West MP Christopher Selvin Saunders has resigned as a Minister of Cabinet and member of the Pact Effective immediately. The shocking announcement came yesterday morning after what he described as a brief meeting with Premier Panton. The Mosquito Research and Control Unit has warned that a significant mosquito emergence is expected from Sunday evening. Dr. Alan Wheeler, director of the MRCU, explained high tides combined with unseasonal rainfall have resulted in widespread flooding across Grand Cayman and high numbers of mosquito larvae has developed in the flooded areas. A barrel with hazardous materials discovered in Town triggered a swift, an effective multi-agency response on Monday. It was determined that the barrel which was labeled phosphorus contained a military-grade flare which was ignited within the barrel. The Cayman Islands Fire Service, Royal Cayman Islands Police Service, Hazard Management Cayman Islands, Cayman Islands Coast Guard and the Department of Environmental Health worked together to bring the situation under control. 15-year-old Jasmine Ebanks and Shania Beckford who were reported missing on Friday night have been located and returned safely. Both appear to be in good health. The Youth Services Unit will hold its first ever Youth Empowerment Symposium at the Marriott Hotel, March 30th through 31st. The two-day event on economic and social empowerment will feature social media content creator Elissa Chin and well-known Caymanian panelists. Now for your CMR weather update, it's brought to you by WG Charters, sunrise at 628, Scattered thunderstorms in the morning, becoming mostly sunny and breezy. When the temperature's at 84 degrees Fahrenheit and humidity at 75% like the forecast calls for, it will feel like it's in the mid-80s. Winds east-northeast at 15 to 25 miles per hour, and the sun sets at 637. At night time, the temperature falls to the mid-70s. Looking forward, similar weather conditions are expected. If you would like to know more on any of these stories, visit CaymanMallRoad.com or follow Cayman Mall Road on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter and YouTube. That's it for now on A Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe and God bless.